G'day trail runners. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience with Ashley Drew and Daniel Ferugia. Put your headphones on, put your shoes on, and let's go running. Okay, welcome. This is episode 50 of the Trail Runners Experience, and I'm Daniel and I'm joined by Ash. How are you going, Ash? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm great. You know, so I'm a little bit husky, but recovering from a little cold, yet another one. Lucky me, but I'm okay. Can't complain too much. Um, episode 50. It's amazing. It's, a, it's 50 episodes. I didn't think I'd get, or oh, it's 49 more than I thought I'd get done, but I'm pretty, pretty stoked. <laughs> well, and, uh, congratulations. It's fantastic. Thanks, mate. And I probably couldn't have made it all this way to without you, without your help, especially coming in recently. And um, my pleasure. Yeah, no, it um, was really good that you uh, helped out with the co-hosting recently, and we'll keep doing that. But I suppose we should uh, now's as good a time as any. I'll start. So this is going to be the last one for the year. This is a, a our Christmas special. It is our Christmas special, and I'm just trying to look up jingle bells to play the jingle bells thing. But uh, sorry, too late. That's all right. I'll I'll we whack to, it in. We might have to edit that in. Yeah, I'll post in post production. You'll be probably right about now. You'll hear some jingle bells. Um, so um, I'm sure people will love it. Yeah, um, but yeah, <laughs> oh, you, you could always just sing for us. You could serenade us. Um, oh yeah, I don't think so. I think it's bad enough people listen to my voice, let alone my singing. Uh, yeah. that's definitely not my forte. <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to someone the other day about um. Oh, they'll, when they run, they sometimes on their long runs with their their girlfriend, they um they'll sing to each other while they're running, and I was like, well, that's a good way to know that you're you're running uh, in zone two, nice and easy. You're in the you're passing the talk test. If you can sing, you clearly are not going too hard, so it's good. So there you go. You can I might you might should get out there and practice on the trails, a bit of singing. Just I, jing- I I I often get caught singing uh, <laughs> on the trails. Uh, and on the streets. So yep. uh, as I run around the streets, it, the, the biggest problem is I try to sing songs that are probably a little too fast because I'm listening to something that I want to motivate me to run. Yep. And uh, it's the singing that actually puts me out of breath rather than running. Even if I stopped running, I'd still yep. have trouble doing the singing. It's- so, uh, yes. But it, uh, I, I think I was doing Pinnacles one year, which was an 18K event. And thousand meters of vertical, and um, I was singing, singing my heart out. And someone came and tapped me on the back and said, "Mate, you keep doing that because um, you, you'll drop everybody else. They'll run away from you." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's good. I think I've never been busted singing on the trails, but I, I, I have um, been busted talking to myself on the trails, which is um, probably more embarrassing. Um, you know, I get I get these big conversations in my head, and sometimes I'll start, you know, talking talking to myself, and then come around a bend, and there's some people there, and I'm like, oh, don't worry, I'm just just me, myself, and I. <laughs> but um, you know, when you're out on the trails, when you're out running long enough, whether it be on the road or on the, I tend to do it on the trails, but you're out there long enough. You're going to end up talking to yourself at some stage. <laughs> but um, Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so how's, uh, how's your training been going this week? Uh, training, look, it's been good. Um, 
had a so training's been a bit of a struggle recently, and that's uh, I was having a conversation with a, a mate yesterday about it, who's been uh, following my journey from you know he came and spent a fair bit of time in hospital with me um, when I first collapsed uh, a few years back, and um, you know I've caught up regularly, and he said, oh, so how's things been going? So oh, hasn't been great. And um, to be quite honest, I've got a PET scan that's been brought forward by the doctors for next month now because things haven't been ideal. But just in the last three, four days, things have come around quite nicely. So I'm not complaining. I've uh, I managed to get in a 20K run yesterday and I backed it up with uh, another 9Ks this morning and a bunch of that on track. Um, right. Running my hardest. I had my butt kicked. But um, Oh, really? On the track? You were having a run? Yeah. Uh, so we're on the yeah. track this morning. Doing, what sort of? Uh, the set this morning, or the set this morning was uh, 100 metres flat out, 300 metre walk, 200 flat out, 200 walk, 300 oh. flat out, 100 walk, 300 flat out, 100 walk, 200 flat out, 200 walk, and then 100 flat out. And then it was meant to be a 300 walk, but um, by that stage, uh, people had already walked off the track. <laughs> They weren't going to finish the last bit. And then we ran um, a few more laps around the track and then ran to the coffee shop. So, uh, yeah, it was it was good. That's, so, that's, yeah, so um, I've, been, I've been good. I, like, my body's felt yeah. quite reasonable. Which oh, is that's excellent. good. And that's how about speed, you? Yeah, no, that speed session you just mentioned, um, that sounds brutal. It sounds pretty brutal. <laughs> so, um, no, that's really good. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I've... Um, Aside from having this cold, I've had to make a few little changes this week to my training um, just through uh, finding it a bit hard to do the uh, intensity that I, um, I, oh, I did a good, I did a, you know, I always bang on about my, my threshold runs and I did a really good threshold run last week. I think at the, I think that when we recorded last week's episode, I went out and did a threshold run. It was 20 minutes and I, in that 20 minutes, I almost covered the full five kilometres, which was re- without, and that was still running slightly within myself. So I wasn't, I wasn't running race pace, and so it made me sort of think maybe I need to uh, have a crack at a 5k soon and see if I can, because I'd like to get under 19 minutes, which I know, I mean, I think is doable if I was in race pace mode, because I wasn't fully in race pace, and um, and um, so that was good, and and um. Uh, I've never run, put it this way, I haven't run under 19, 19 minutes. I think my best time was about low 19. And I think that was probably when I was about 16 years old. So I would be maybe maybe 15 years old. And so I'd like to be able to break 19 minutes here 25 years later at the age of 40. It would be, uh, be a nice feeling. But, um, yeah, and so um, I'm not I'm not renowned for my super fast flat speed but like i've been working on it um then the rest of my week pretty good everything feels all right feeling fairly strong as again except for all the being a a phlegm producing machine and coughing up lots of stuff but um it's it's all right and then so um i'm building up to some long runs i'm going to do a fairly long run tomorrow we're recording this on a thursday which is not our normal day um, I'm going to actually go out and do my, um, uh, what do you call it? I'm going to do my, a long run on Friday morning 
and I'm going to get up really early um, because I'm going. To, I want to emulate the ultra easy um, start time. It starts at three o'clock in the morning, so I'm going to go out and run for three, possibly four hours uh, at three o'clock tomorrow morning, um, which sounds insane, but it's sort of I can't run on the weekend because my wife is going to be working, and so I um, will just do my long run then, and um, yeah, see how I go. Uh, with starting such an early start, it might be nice. Um, yeah. So other than that, pretty happy. Pretty happy with um with the training. And yeah. So it's, and I'll be happy when this cold goes away. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's you'll almost, be happy when the cold goes away. So almost, uh, what lot? Three a.m. starts going to be dark. Very much. What lights Probably. are you using? I've got a um, a, oh, I bought it fairly recently. I think it's a Petzl. I haven't got it with me right now, but yeah, um, it's it's quite bright. It's got three settings. Very small Petzl light. That's only really. It's not something that you could use overnight. I don't think. Like the low, the, the three different settings on it. The the dull, the dimmest setting, you wouldn't use it on the trail. It'd be too um, too it, dim. It, too dim. But like yep. the, the the two brightest settings are pretty good. The brightest setting, the battery will only last two hours. But and then the um, which to be realistic, is all I'm going to need because it gets light at five o'clock at the moment here. It probably gets even it gets light even earlier for you, doesn't it? Um, <coughs> yeah, it does. It's it's yeah. I could go I could go running at four a.m. No problem at all with no light required. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna like yeah. So I'll use the Petzl. I'll probably even just have it on the um the second brightest setting. It's only a, I think maximum it's like three hundred lumens, which I don't know, but when I bought it, I didn't really know. And um, I've been on, a, I've done a few good runs, a few night runs with it, and it's, and it's um, pretty good. You know, I, I feel like it doesn't matter how bright the light is, messes with my eyes. Always, I don't know. Do you have the same problem when you like? And I think it's that tunnel vision that it gives you. Even yeah, like, the tunnel vision is definitely something that yeah, you, know, you, you just. It, it, I think it's a it's a good and a bad thing once you've got the tunnel vision. Yeah. One, you just you don't see anything else, so you just concentrate on what you've got to do right there and then in that little your own square meter as such. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But it does mean that if if you uh, you hear things off in the bush, yeah, you can't see them. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know what? So depending on how far you into a race and how much you're hallucinating, that can be entertaining. Yeah, and I think I think next year if I when I run because I want to do a miler next year, the 400 miles, I am going to probably invest in a really good quality um, head torch, like an A-Ups or something like that, and they're quite bright. Yep. And um, they're, and so you want something that's going to keep you fully uh, fully awake, you know. But um, at the moment, this is doing the job, so I can't really complain too much. Um, yeah, and so I'll, tomorrow, like I said, tomorrow morning I'll be out not pushing too hard, just seeking lots of elevation. So I'll be just going up and down around my local hill. And if, if I can, in four hours, I think I could probably get close to 2,000 metres of climbing, um, which is because it's a, the hill that I live near, Black Hill, is um, it's not huge. It's got a maximum elevation of about 450 metres above sea level, but there's a lot of steep hills. So um, And so you can get some nice, decent climbs. There's a couple of climbs where you, you're climbing continuously for a kilometre or so. And so, yeah, I'll mix it up and um, see how my legs deal with the elevation then. And then I'll follow that up probably on Saturday if I can get out for a, 
a road 10 or 15, as I say, just to see if the legs, to get the legs still working. And I'll be happy with if I can do all that. So yeah, that's, that's the training. That's the plan. Excellent. Are you, are you planning on doing any interesting runs this weekend? Well, I'm hoping that, um, the Queensland government opens the trails back up this weekend. Everything's been closed. Uh, because uh, the bushfire. of the fires. Yep. So, um, and even once the, <laughs> Even once the trails open up again, you'll find that a lot of the trails will remain shut for probably mm. for years to come um, because they'll have to send out their engineers and all that sort of stuff to recertify them. Plus, being a bushfire, yeah. of course, trees have a tendency to fall over unexpectedly yeah. with bushfires. So, yeah, a little bit of um, wind. You know, you, you know, I wouldn't suggest yeah. going out and running trails where the bushfires have rushed through without them being certified. And I'm sure that the government probably feels the same way. And uh, because yeah, if a tree falls on you, well, that's not going to be a very comfortable experience. <laughs> no. So, uh, But I'm hoping that the trails, uh, a lot of the parks have been shut that aren't burnt uh, because basically if, if a fire started, they'd never get you out. So the, the easiest thing to do or the safest thing to do looking after the community is say, no, you just can't go in. So hopefully yeah. they start to be opened up again this weekend, uh, if we can, you know, it's, it's, we had a nice cool change yesterday. Uh, although during the week I had a fire very close to home, but the helicopters came in and and uh, put that out in about an hour and a half. I think it burned for about three hours, so started by some people, which wasn't really great, but uh, it was taken care of pretty quick. Oh, so good. yeah, yeah, it's always it's, it's all it's. Oh, I've been in a bushfire as a kid where we were in the pool with a blanket over our head as the, the fire came up the valley to our house wow. uh, and, and all the fire crews literally around our pool fighting it off trying to save the house. And then uh, so whenever I go outside and see smoke, it always, um, you know, your heart just goes a little bit. And yeah. for, those people, for those people who have been through the fires, oh, my heart goes out to you. That's for yeah. sure. It's it's. So bad, and like it's so scary because we're not even officially in summer yet, and we've had no. Summer, you know, it's hard no. to believe, isn't it? <laughs> it is so, hard to believe. Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, so hopefully there'll be a lot of trail runners who will be very excited in Queensland mm. uh, if the trails get opened up again, and um, we get to use those trails that didn't get burnt. That would be yeah. absolutely awesome. Um, and then I'll and then I'll be out. Yeah, good. Make the most of them because you've got a bit of work to do. Between now and Feb- end of February, haven't you? Oh, there's a lot of work to do for Cedar Snow between now and then, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, got a, a, a more back-to-back runs and carrying yep. all the gear and um, getting all that, that ticked off. So um, I've had a fair bit of interest from people who who wanted to volunteer to come along and yeah. run bits and pieces with me. Yeah. Uh, Wonderful. No one's volunteered to run the entire run yet. I wonder why. But um, <laughs> but every but but I've certainly had people say, "Look, I'd love to come and run a section with you." Yeah. So uh, I, I'm now entertaining that idea. It was it was never in my original plan, um, but then my original plan wasn't to really make it public. But then I I spoke about it and that got taken yeah. out of my hands, and now it's become yeah. something much bigger and better. And even it was only Tuesday I was running, and someone said to me that I'd just met on the street, and they said, oh, what's your next event? And I said, oh, I'm doing Cedar Snowy. 
And I, and they said, oh, I haven't heard of that. And I went, well, see to snow is kind of my own event. It's about raising awareness for mm. early cancer detection. Oh, yeah, that's excellent. My, yeah. it was their aunt or something, you know. If they'd had early cancer detection, they wouldn't be deceased now. And it's just, it touches so many people. And yeah. that's why, um, you know, it's become a much bigger and much more <coughs> important. And, um, you know, getting people along that uh, and, and doing bits and pieces, that'd be great. And I, and I yeah. might even just do, you know, organise some training runs more locally to me that people can come along and just join in and, it's a great idea. You know, have a bit of yeah. fun that way. And um, so. I think, I mean, it's almost like you say it's been taken out of your hands a little, and it's and it's sort of that little bit of pressure. It's it's can can be you can see it as a good thing, you know. Like I always, it's like when people say I'm doing this race and they put it on Facebook, you know that that public pressure. It's like it makes you commit more, you know. Like some people hate it, but I think it, I personally think it's a great thing. So. And I think you're going to do really well, regardless of, of you know, like the fact that you're doing it and you're taking those steps and just the main what you look at your main objectives. Your main objective is to raise awareness for cancer, you're already for early cancer awareness, um, and you're already doing that. You're already doing that. Yep. And then, and, and that's so just now we're already hitting the goal. And if if we help one person who goes out and gets checked early and manages yeah. to stop the disease before it becomes too late. That's it, That's it's done everything it needs to do. Exactly, you know, we've we've won. And then the next so. thing is just to go out and enjoy the experience of running on the um doing that. You know, like uh, so. Yeah, good. I tell you, yeah, what, I'm really looking forward to, to stepping onto those trails. Um, looking at them mm-hmm. on Google Earth and then chatting to the local rangers and so on. Um, but it's it's very exciting. That's for sure. Right. Um, I was just going to say, have you heard of a, a there's a Australian guy named um, Bo Miles. Have you ever heard of him? Um, no. He, Bo, I should have mentioned this to you before. So Bo Miles, he um, he's a runner. He's a really um real really likable guy, and he um made put some of these short movies on YouTube of him doing crazy running adventures. One of them I watched it was where he did a mile an hour. And he just ran around the block near his near his um, barn, where he sort of a little workshop that he's got. And he he's an Aussie guy. He run and so he'll just run one mile. Or he ran three miles in the first hour, and then and then one mile every hour after that on the hour, kind of like a last one standing thing. But in between each um, mile, he had a whole bunch of jobs that he wanted to get done. Like he built a table, he fixed a, a frame. He like he had he planted a whole bunch of trees, and like it was really it's really cool. I highly recommend you look up a mile an hour if you look it up on YouTube. It's a, it goes for like 17 minutes or something. That's a really good one. But he's also ran um, this Bo Miles guy. The reason why I mentioned him is because he re- he's got this other movie called Trials of Miles, which is where he ran the Australian Alpine track. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Alpine walking track. Which is over 650 kilometers, and like um, and it goes from Canberra to Melbourne, or not? Yeah, it goes up over through near Kosciuszko and all that, and yeah. um, and he he's really unusual because like he will eat a lot of like bush tucker along the way, like oh, he's yeah, not yeah. like yeah, so he'll just he'll, he'll he'll eat what he can find. I mean, he takes some of his own stuff as well, 
but yeah, and he's just like super likable as well. So highly recommend you. I mean, yeah, you look it up. He's um, yeah, he's been on TV and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, I thought that's definitely something that you might get a bit interested with, and maybe you should film it. I mean, I know you're going to have people filming you, but I think you should um, maybe have a little camera of your own. And um, I, yeah. I am I'm currently working on that. I don't actually own and I own cameras, but I don't actually own yeah. an action camera. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I've been working on that concept. Yeah, um, yeah, it's good. You should go. I mean, even gosh, you tell, your phone does pretty good video these days. But, it does. Um, yeah, um, but yeah. So anyway, moving on. So I thought very quickly we might cover because this is going to be the last episode for the year. We're going to take a little hiatus. And, yeah, um, we're going to have we're going to have and, Christmas on this on this podcast. We're going to have Christmas. Yeah, and our Christmas present to the to the listeners is going to be not one not one interview, but two interviews today. And yep. so, um, and before we get to those interviews, we're going to talk about our Strava year. But those interviews are going to be with um, Tim and now who is it going to be first? Tim and Laura. Tim and Laura Cole, who are the race directors from the Guzzler. Which is that race up in um, up your neck of the woods? Yeah. Uh, and then Jenna Brooke, who lives in Birdsville, and she organ- is organising the Simpson Desert Ultra. So both really interesting uh, conversations, and you get both of them in today's episode. So yeah, and I'm and I'm just going to do a, a shout out to Sandy Fatty, who wrote to me on Facebook, and she's doing the Guzzler next year. And she's doing the Simpson Desert. So ah, uh, this is so a perfect one, episode for her to listen to. Right. Is she is she a regular listener? I think Sandy is a regular listener. She might uh, she might write back to us afterwards. But, you know, oh, good. Chat yeah. her. Excellent. So this is good. This will be so it'll be a long episode with the two in, with this and the two interviews. However, that means you can go out and do a nice extra long run today or th- this week. Um, yeah. So anyway. Before we get to that, the end, 2019, 2019, let's, the miles, what have we done? Let's look at some numbers. Um, or actually, before we talk about the numbers, how would you rate your 2019, as in the running year that you've had? Okay. So I, Without, uh, the quality is I would rate it as excellent. If I was going to use one word, excellent. It's far beyond anything that I had ever dreamed of. I genuinely didn't think that I would race this year. I genuinely wasn't sure how far I could run this year. So mm-hmm. uh, things have come together really nicely, although they've taken a, a bit of a, a backward step just recently, which hopefully is over. Um, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, How ball. That's I'm excellent. very thankful to those people who looked after me in races this year. A lot of people did, and I'm very thankful to them. Do you have a best race? And it doesn't mean best oh. time. What was your maybe best experience or the best, like, I don't know. Look, all of them have their own experience. I, I wouldn't rank any one of them better than any of the others. I, I do. I did really like last one standing as a format and the reason that I love that as a format is um, the fact that people cheered you in and cheered you out every hour 
and you know it was an ultra where you had a crowd cheering you on every hour and i and i really dug that from that point of view but the other ones i mean the trails that uh like um black all just get getting out there and seeing those trails and having the thunderstorms absolutely beautiful um yeah. Risen Valley Rail Trail. Oh, jeez. I didn't pack the right gear for that. Who would have thought there was going to be ice on the ground everywhere? It was freezing, and I had to run fast enough to try and not freeze to death. Um, yeah. To give you some idea of how cold it was, I remember having a gel or trying to have a gel, and it had become so thick that I couldn't get it out of the packet. I was like a zipper doofer. Yeah, it was like, cold. It was it just wasn't coming out of the pack anymore. So wow. I actually had to hold it in my hand to try and heat it up, um, which just made my hand cold. So that was quite an experience, and I didn't open yeah. another gel after that. So I went back to my liquid nutrition, um, which I you know I use Infinite in my bottles, and I just yep. doubled up on that instead of trying to use that and gels. And um, so that was quite an experience. Yep. And Guzzler, I mean disappearing off a, an embankment and landing heavily and then blood pouring out of my leg for the next 13 Ks. That was pretty cool. Um, that was quite the experience and, a, and an awesome race, really well put together. So you'll get yeah. to hear more about that from Tim and Laura in the next bit today. Um, yeah. So, yeah, lo- lots of great experiences. And then just, just the people out on the trails. Like that, At the end of the day, like I love the process mm. of running. It's not about the racing. The races are great. But it's getting out and just meeting people. Even, uh, I think it was Tuesday morning, I was out um, and I was just running the same section over and over and over. Um, I didn't record the, the run on Strava or anything like that because I was just doing something a little bit different. And, you know, a, a runner ran past and I said, oh, I saw you a couple of days ago. You you run a fair way. And she said, oh, yeah, I do. Just those those quick conversations you get to have with other people who are yeah. out running. Like, that's lovely. They make yeah. They make my day. Excellent. Well, I'll give you your numbers. You? Or, well, numbers. I'll, I'll, right. I've got your numbers in front you. of me. Yeah. Yep. So you have, and so this is pretty impressive. You've run three thousand seven hundred and seven point five kilometers this year. So that's a lot, and um, that equates to three hundred ninety-one hours and seven minutes of running that you've measured on Strava, of course. Yeah, um, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, someone uh, asked me that the other day. Do I record uh, everything? And I went, no, I only just no. just record. No, I don't either, stuff. actually. But I, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, um, I record most of it. But and your elevation gain this year, you're gonna laugh. You've done sixty-two thousand two hundred and ninety-nine meters of elevation, and um, and you've been and you've ran three hundred and forty-four times. So, pretty impressive. It's um, keeping in mind we've still got a month to go in the year, and so I dare say you could very you you will very easily hit four thousand kilometers for the year, um, and yeah, and it's an amazing amount of um, elevation too, sixty two thousand, almost sixty two thousand three hundred meters, and um, while we're on the numbers, I'll tell you my numbers in, so we can. Compare and contrast. Not the, yep. you know, we're not doing it for competitiveness, but it's just interesting. I have run a lot less than you, um, almost by a full thousand, more than a thousand kilometers. In fact, I've run two thousand six hundred and 
73.8 kilometres. I, I had, I've had two layoffs with injury this year, but uh, so I'm pretty happy to get that, to that point. So at the start of the year, I sprained my ankle and I was out for a bit. And then at the, this is like first race of the year, it was in January, ankle sprain. Um, and then um, I had the, the stress factor in my femur in June. So um, a bit un- unfortunate. So I've done 2,673.8, 265 hours and five minutes of running, um, 46,622 metres of climbing, which is um, pretty small. I've done a lot of flat running this year, but I've done 345 runs versus your 344 runs. <laughs> How funny is that? So it's... um. It's just interesting. I mean, I've, I'm happy despite the fact that I had two injuries. I'm actually really happy with the year. I've managed to – I'm really happy that the way I rehabbed from both of those injuries. And in my 20-plus years of running, I, it's the only, I've never had injuries, you know. So on a long enough timeline, we all get injured. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm really happy with my year, uh, feeling good at this point. I'll probably – I dare say I'll get over 3,000 3, kilometres for the year because I am still ramping up for that next race in January. And um, <clears throat> normally I'd be sort of taking it, sort of tapering off now, but I've got to keep ramping up. Um, uh, my best race, I mean, like, like you, I enjoy just the experience of racing generally, but running the Hubert 50K with my wife was probably the best race experience that I had. And... Um, we had it was like the funnest date ever, and um, it went for you know about seven something hours up in the in the Ikara Flinders Ranges here in South Australia, just beautiful landscape, and um, and then my wife pushing pushing herself to run uh, to a podium position, she got second, second woman, and I was really happy that I was there, and I, you know, some people might say I, I paced her, but I was I was actually in the race, and so. I was just running at her pace, and um, it was awesome. It's so good to. It was the first time we ran a race together from start to finish. It was lovely. Wow, that's so awesome. Yeah, and um, yeah, and so and like I've run faster races, but like um, I'm I haven't I've only raced a few times this year, and so overall, I'm um I've really enjoyed the training. I've enjoyed the process of running. Like I actually look forward to those to the most basic run like i don't care if it's just an easy 5k i i just love it i don't know if you ever feel that it's like some some runs you feel like you're just getting getting it done but even like the easiest 5k or just like a i was just like there's nothing special about this run but i get to get outside breathe in some air some fresh air and um just be alone for half an hour even you know like so it's good eh? it is yeah but yeah, no, so, um, it's been really good. It's been, a, I'd have to say, it's been a great year for running for me. I'm really pleased with it. And, um, so yeah, and that's it. And so next year, um, I'll tell you my goals for next year. So January, uh, I'm going to do obviously the ultra easy in New Zealand and we've got that all booked and locked in now. So it's happening. Um, and then after that, I'll have a little bit of downtime just because, you know, but I won't have too much downtime because um, I want to start building 
I would like to run a fast marathon. And I'm going to dedicate, I don't know which marathon I'm going to do, but I'm going to dedicate a 12 to 16 week block of training just for the marathon. So I'm, I'm not even going to, like I'm going to be a, just a road runner for, for 12 weeks. And I mean, not trying like just I'm not going to wedge it in somewhere. It's going to be a very diligent block because I, I've never run a marathon. Tr- I've never done a training block properly for a marathon except for my first one. And so I think that I'm a lot faster now and I want to actually see what I can do over a marathon distance. And I might put in a half marathon within that training block and um, see if I can do all right there. Uh, I don't know what my current PB for a, mar- for a marathon is three hours and 17 minutes. But um, I think I can go a lot faster because I did that during a six-hour race. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll be interested to see how I go with that. Um, uh, what else? And then I'd like to do a few ultras in the latter part of the year. So probably do a couple of the local ones here. And if I can, maybe maybe go abroad again. Go to Queensland and do one. Excellent. <laughs> yes. And, you, and for you? Uh, so basically at the moment, all thought is just about February and uh, see the snowy dot run. So that's, yep. uh, that's, if I try to think beyond that right now, I have, look, I have other goals for the rest of the year, but it will completely depend on that run. Um, and to be quite yeah. honest right now, it'll also depend on what this PET scan shows up with tumor progress. So, yeah. um, hopefully it says that nothing's changed and if yeah. nothing's changed, that's great. It just means that, you know, the symptomatic stuff is, is going on. But if tumors have grown, uh, doctors are going to want to do something more radical. So, um, mm. yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that, uh, that goes. But basically, um, look, I'd love to do another loser next year. Last one Instead standing. Of, yep. Yeah. So last yeah. one standing. Uh, yeah, so loser is last one standing endurance run. So yep. uh, be qu- be quite happy to be another loser, and, and <laughs> from there we'll just we'll just see what happens. Um, there's so many local runs that are just outstanding that uh, if if I'm yeah. feeling good, I, I'll do what I did this year and I did a lot of last minute entries because I was yep. feeling good and went, yeah, I can do it. Whereas if if I try and when I try and plan things that are a long way away, I, I just don't know if I'm going to be well. So yeah, yeah, that, that's how I that's how I work yeah. at the moment. Excellent. Um, well, I, you just hope you stay healthy and feel str- and strong after your big um, your big adventure, uh, the Cedar Snowy. And so, if people want to find you at Cedar Snowy dot what is it? Run dot run. C. C right. Yep. So S E A number two. Snowy dot run. Yeah. So snowy Check out the website. Follow Ashley's story because it's an amazing story. And um, and also speaking to that, you've got an a, a rather important announcement to finish off. Um, yeah. So I am going to start a. I'm starting a new podcast. Uh, yes. To add to add to our podcast. So, uh, and the new podcast is called Run, Walk, Crawl. And uh, everybody, 
everyone has a story, a running story or uh, a walking story, maybe even a crawling story that's uh, worth hearing and worth sharing. And uh, I love listening to, to other people's life stories. It's one of those things where I, I often sit down in hospital and I've got hours in hospital. Yeah. And I'll sit next to people who I've never met before in my life. It's in a cancer ward. It's very rare to meet the same people twice, and I don't yeah. want to go into why that is the case, but it, it is the case. There are a couple of people that I meet or see fairly regularly, um, but most of the time it's it's people who contract cancer don't last very long, yeah. or they get cured, and they don't need to come to the hospital anymore. So exactly. one of the two things happens, and which is fantastic. If they get cured, uh, not so fantastic um, if things don't go so well for them. And, you know, I sit next to these people and they've all just got amazing stories to share. It's the same when I'm out running. Like, I'll be running with someone and I'll just have this amazing story to share. And I, I want to share those stories um, with you guys that are listening to this podcast and, and um, other people as well. So if you, if you want to keep on listening, uh, it'll, it'll probably be a couple of weeks before the first episode's out, but run, walk, crawl. Yeah, I was just that was you preempted my next question, so that's that's good. Um, run, walk, crawl. I'll be I'll be very interested to hear that, and I hopefully I can uh, be help you out with that and be a part of that because I think it's really great. And Definitely. like I say, taking taking my um, a little hiatus from the podcast to work on um, <clears throat> some other to work other, on Christmas family, work on Christmas, Christmas time with family, <laughs> and, exactly. And I mean. I, as many people know, the podcast can be quite time-consuming. I love it, and I would do it all the time. But, but um, yeah, got to spend time with the family and, and get things ready and work on the finances as well. So um, <laughs> it's it's all good, all good. And so like this is not it's not going to be a goodbye. It's just a it's a merry. Right, we're just taking a, we're just having a. This is the end of the season. Yeah, we'll start thanks. a new season again, end of January next year. Yeah. So by then, I will have run the uh, – I think the first thing that people will probably hear about is my ultra easy race, um, which I will hopefully have completed by then. And But we'll, I'll be keeping track of things. People can follow me on Strava if they want, or <clears throat> you can follow – if you jump on the Trail Runners Experience podcast page, uh, you can um, find, get updates on when the next episode's coming, or – Alternatively, you can go on my coaching page, which is the Distance Runners Unlimited page, which um, I'll put more general coaching stuff and probably some information about um, my own uh, running. I try not to put too much of my own running on Distance Runners Unlimited because it's it's not just about me and it's about um, athletes that I coach as well. And so, yeah, and I'm still open to coaching if anyone's interested in that. Um, I'm, I'm the guy and so... Um, do know what I'm doing and I will and it's not something I'm stopping anytime soon so um, yeah I think we've uh, that brings us almost up to the episode have we forgotten anything Ash? No oh don't you have camps or something coming up? Oh yes I knew there was something um, yeah so uh, I am working in conjunction with uh, Kat Marks who is a an amazing personal trainer and um, trail runner and we've, we've developed these trail running day camps that we're doing. And the first one is on the 7th of December, 2019, which is already sold out. And we'll be doing them basically, except for January, 
we'll be doing them monthly throughout 2020. And so basically, it's not just for beginners, but it's for anyone who thinks they can want to improve their technique for running on trails. So I basically, we work through, it's a half-day thing. We work through, um, I, I go deep on, on running form and technique. I'm not overly trying to change people's gait because... Research says that that's not good. However, there are some holes, there are some changes that we can, everybody can make, um, to little things, just some real, the real basics on arm action, you know, foot strike and all that. And I look at flat ground running, uphill, downhill, technical trails. And then we go into a bit of, a little bit about training and then also spending some time with Kat looking at strength and conditioning and, um, working on, um, so for mobility and being able to, be better, stronger on the trails, but also more uh, resistant to injury, which is, and it definitely works. It's so good because I've been working with Kat. She's been helping, been doing my strength and conditioning for quite a while now. And I think as I've mentioned in the podcast before, I was amazed at how strong my legs were in my last 100K race in the Heisen. I didn't have any DOMS the next day. No delayed onset muscle soreness. I was just very tired. And so, and I attribute so much of that to just having stronger legs, you know. So, um, so yeah, if people want to get involved in that, they can check out base to summit.com and, um, and, um, I'll put some links to that up as well. And I'll be sharing some links to all the, to, to your podcast, Ashley, and to, to whatever. But feel free to hit us up on the Facebook page if you have any questions about anything we've just mentioned. And so, um, and of course, like and subscribe. So that you do not lose, you don't miss the first episode of the new season, or you don't miss Ash's first episode, and you'll be releasing that on Anchor as well. Is that right, Ashley? That yes, that's correct. Yeah, same platform as me, but then that means it'll be available to on all the platforms at some point, which doesn't usually take about yeah. From speaking from experience, it usually takes a couple of days for it to go across the across the what the, the internet. But um, no, I'm very excited to hear how you're going, to, how the format's going to work for you. And um, yeah, podcasts are great. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, working with you and this year. And I hope that you have a merry, merry, merry Christmas. Same to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all our listeners. Yes. Everybody get out there. Enjoy your Christmas running. Enjoy your Christmas lunch. And uh, may Boxing Day be a long run day for you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. All right, yeah, Happy New Year. We've got to do that too. We've got to, it's going to be a big year. All right. Uh, take care, everyone. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. I'm Daniel. I'm here with Ash. And how you going, Ash? I'm good. And we're joined today by Jenna Brooke, all the way from the middle of Australia, or maybe not the middle middle, but the desert. How are you, Jenna? Yeah, good, thanks, guys. You're pretty close to the middle, but but not quite not quite centre. So can you uh, tell it us... Must, what... It must be pretty close to the centre, though, in reality. Uh, not far. I, I think we're probably, as a crow flies, sort of four or 500 k's east of the centre. Right. Well, given travelling across Australia, four or 500 k's is nothing. <laughs> So. That's a trip That's to the shops, true. isn't it? For uh, <laughs> it's like, a, so can you tell us exactly where you are? Um, yeah, absolutely. So Birdsville is 
if you look at a map of Australia and we're in Queensland and we're right in the corner of where Queensland meets Northern Territory in South Australia. So 1,600 k's west of Brisbane and about 1,100 k's north of Adelaide. Right. So where do you go um, in the event of, you know, like if you have to get to the city for like um, something important, do you go to Adelaide or Alice yeah, Springs? Uh, no, nah, Alice Springs is a bit tricky because you've got to go all the way around um, around the Simpson Desert. So that's a little bit tricky to get to. Our, our major, our sort of closest major centre, I suppose, is Mount Isa, which is 700 k's north. Uh, for me personally, I tend to go to Brisbane or Adelaide um, just because I can fly to Brisbane if I need to, which is which is a little bit more convenient. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're a long way from anywhere. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah. And have, have you lived in Birdsville for a long time? Yeah, so I grew up here. My family have been here since the late 1800s. So they were here oh, way wow. back in the day when it was a one-horse town. And my um, grandmother actually grew up in the Simpson Desert itself. So, uh, yeah, we've been around for a really long time. Awesome. I think I'm, I'm fourth or fifth generation uh, Birdsville local. So very much very much my home. Yeah, wow. Ash. Wow. <laughs> so... Um, the, the publican who was there last time I was out there, which is a long, long time ago, was, I want to say his name was Scotty or Scotty. And he, Scotty. he then moved to into he then moved to Inaminka. Yeah, that was, how long ago was that? Like, are we talking That's 10 90s. years ago, 10 years ago? Yeah, okay, I was going to say, that would have been David Stoddard, Scotty. Scotty, yes. <laughs> Way back in the day. Yes, yeah. yeah, so like I said, long time ago. As I was saying, the the internet didn't exist, and um, for me to make a phone call, it was just feeding a a public phone mountains of money to try and make a phone call to Brisbane. So, yes. <laughs> we used to have at the races here every year, there'd be lineups for the, there was about six or seven phone booths in town, and the lineups were 40 or 50 people deep for every single phone booth wow. for a few hours every day. Yeah. So, yeah, as people who don't know, so Birdsville is the home of the, the iconic Birdsville races. And uh, when is that held? Uh, that is in September. So it's the first weekend of September every year. Yep. All right. Cool. And and the population goes from, what, 200 to 10,000? Oh, you're overselling us there. The population oh. goes from 100 to about 6,000. Wow. About 6,000 because I, I was in Winton last year and I was there just after the festival. And oh, oh, yeah. what I mean this year? No, it must have been last year. It must have been last year. Just after the festival and uh, all the locals were going, so good. There's only 1,000 people in town again. And they'd, <laughs> they'd swelled to, to, I think they'd swelled to 11,000 because they'd sold 6,000 tickets just to one of the concerts. Which yeah, is right. Amazing. So, yeah, fascinating. So, Jenna, just before we jump into the the running and the reason why we're we're talking to you, what do you actually do out there in Birdsville, like for for work? Uh, so, our or my family are organic beef farmers. So, we farm organic cattle um, in the Channel awesome. Country of the Outback. Lovely. Um, yeah. Let's so, organic a, farmers. Have you got a decent size uh, station out there? Yeah, yep. So um, we, yeah, it's pretty big in comparison give, give, to what most people are used to. Give us We're a number. We're talking millions of... Millions? <laughs> Come on. 
million acres. <laughs> yeah, I like to hear it. I, I actually used to live in, um, many years ago when I was teaching, um, I lived in Tipperbar in New South Wales. Oh, yeah. And, um, yep. and so sort of similar kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm kind of used to the big numbers and, like, go, I spent a bit of time in, like, in west, southwestern Queensland, you know, going up to um, oh, Durham Downs Station. And, um, yep. And, and oh, that, hey. yep. Yeah. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, and the Cooper Creek region. And when it rains through there, it's absolutely amazing, you know. Like, so the Cooper, uh, the whole, um, the, the country, like, it's channel country, isn't it? So, like, you just got... It's, it's just the, the way the landscape changes when you get a big downpour of rain is phenomenal, you know, like. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah. We, um, we had a, quite a big flooding event this year that started up in uh, northwest Queensland, so up in the Winton area. Yeah. And they had quite devastating floods this year, um, early this year. That whole area was, was it went underwater. destroyed. Yeah. They, had, they lost hundreds of thousands of head of stock in that. Um, and it was quite bittersweet because that water eventually starts up in Winton and it eventually makes its way to Lake Eyre via the Diamantina um, country area, so the Channel Country, which is where Birdsville is. Yep. Um, so we were very, you know, excited and it really, I guess, saved our backside in some respects because we actually haven't had any local rain really for a few years. Um, but because the floodwaters all flow inland and in doing so they sort of maintain all the nutrients and everything in the soil, so there's billions of seeds waiting to germinate, which is why it's such an amazing thing to see because yeah. you go from this barren landscape with no water to, you know, the and most amazing green pastures you could ever imagine in the space of about, you know, a couple of months. So um, good. Yeah, yeah, so it's really quite magical. Yeah. Oh, look, it is – there's something about the, being in that kind of ter terrain. It, it really gets under your skin, doesn't it? Like, I'm sure for you it is. You wouldn't live – probably wouldn't live anywhere else – um, and so, I, I mean, I do, I had a lot of fond memories from living up around Tipperborough and just, you know, checking, going into like, um, up to Inaminka, like you mentioned, Ash. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, you I, I, anyway, I just got a question. So how big is your property compared with like Napamere? I don't know how big Nafamari is, but um, our family own a few properties in the area, um, the largest of which is about 2 million acres. Um, right, I suspect okay. Nafamari might be bigger than that, though. Probably not by yeah. much, but I suspect it would be. Um, yeah, but they're sort of around that one, one and a half to 2 million acres, most of our properties. Um, yep. It's interesting, though, because people, I guess, hear that number and they think, wow, you must run so many head of cattle. Um, no, but the reality is you sort of run one beast per square kilometre or, or two sort of um, at the most. So it's yeah. quite – they're quite sparsely, um, yeah. you know, spread around because the, the landscape just doesn't allow for it. And if you did do heavy, you know, intensive farming, you wouldn't have a – you wouldn't be sustainably managing it and you wouldn't have a business. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able yeah. to, to grow anything. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's I, fair enough. Here's a fun fact. So I in I live in Adelaide. Ash lives up there in um, just outside of Brisbane. But in Adelaide, the suburb that I live in in Adelaide is called Athelston, and it is actually the home yeah. of um, it's, it's where Sydney Kidman grew up the first fifteen or twelve or fifteen years of his life, and his his yeah. house his house was only uh, it's not there anymore, but literally about five hundred meters from where I live. So where he, huh. yeah. So the the famous, um, what's it called? What, what do you call him? He was a cattle pastoralist. Pastoralist, the the first big yep. pastoralist. Yeah. So anyway, um, yep. that's interesting. Right. So yes. So that brings us to the end of the uh, 
the, the, the partialist experience podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. No. I'm beginning to think we've, we've, cha- we've changed tax entirely here. We're no longer talking about running. No, we're, we're, setting, the, we're setting the scene, you know, because this is really – I'm really – I think this is really fascinating. So tell us, you're, you're doing a, starting an ultra next year or a, a series of races um, up there in Birdsville and – or from Birdsville. Tell us a little bit. The Simpson Desert Ultra. Yeah, so it's. Are, are, we just, are we just following a single fence line? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. We're not following a single fence line. Um, yeah, so, so 2020 is is the inaugural running of the Simpson Desert Ultra. It is my little baby. Um, that you know, it, look, I as you can probably guess from the way that I speak about this country, I adore this area and I think it is very subtle in its beauty and it's very difficult to describe to people what it's like um, until they experience it for themselves because you can you can look at a photo, you can have it explained to you and you're like, oh, it's a bit rocky, it's a bit sandy, you know, you can see that anywhere. Um, but to me it's very unique and I love it and we, a few, you know, for, for a number of years there was an event called the Big Red Run which um, yeah. took part in the, in the same area and sadly that finished. Uh, and with that, I think there was there was a great sadness amongst those who participated in it because, you know, it's it's so unique and so few people did it and so few people get to experience this area on foot. Um, and I and I really missed it personally. Um, and I was actually flying back. Speaking of flood flooding, I was flying back from Lake Air earlier in the year. I had never seen it full of water, and we decided to go for a fly and check it out. And coming home, we were flying back over the Simpson Desert and I just had this overwhelming sadness over me that nobody, or that, you know, people weren't able to experience it anymore. Um, And then within about two weeks, I'd made a comment to some mates of mine about it and they said, you should do that. And I went, oh, okay, I will. I'll do that. And then that's pretty much how the Simpson Desert Ultra was born. (laughs) It was one conversation and I went, yeah, I'll do that. And then next minute, there's a website built and we're announcing dates. So, yeah, it's very exciting. Fascinating. Yeah, that's that. I tell you, what, that is just awesome. Um, uh, yeah, so are you I, I a, couldn't speak more highly of our desert country. I was born out that way, so yeah, it's, you, uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Hey? So, are you a runner? Oh, yeah. Are you a, are you a runner yourself, Jenna? Uh, yes, I have admitted, finally admitted that I am a runner. Really? I um, I for many years. So, back in 2012, I wanted to challenge myself. So I set about walking across the Simpson Desert. So I did that in yeah, well. uh, 2012. Yeah. Um, supported was, or unsupported? Uh, with some mates were supporting me in a vehicle. Um, yep. That was 430K. I'll give you my life story for a quick minute. Yeah, please um, do. And then, and then uh, I sort of didn't do much after that. And then mm-hmm. a few years later, I decided I wanted to be a part of the Big Red Run because it was, you know, based in my hometown. And I thought, you know, I could do that. So I did that and I walked most of it. And then I did it again the next year. Um, there was actually the very the very first event that I ever signed up for that I ever got a race bid from was a 250-kilometre Big Red Run. <laughs> um, <so laughs> that's how I roll. And then... And then I did the second one, and then I decided that I wanted to learn how to run. Yep. So I um, <laughs> engaged a coach because yep. I thought, you know, I know I know I can do these walking. Like that for me, I guess physically that, even though it's still a challenge, physically I wanted to, to challenge myself to do more. So 
I engage the services of a coach. And funnily enough, I don't know if you guys actually know this, I, about six weeks into working with him, I sent him an email one day and I said, hey, hey, Andy, um, so do you reckon you could coach me from to run one end from one end of Australia to the other? Wow. And he said, this was six weeks into my running career. <laughs> and nice. he said, yeah, right. yeah, sure, no worries. And then, so then I went about becoming a runner. And then a couple of years after that, I ran from one end of Australia to the other. Did not know this. And that was, yeah. Then that was two years ago. Uh, well, no, a year and a half ago. Um, and then, yeah, that's so I, so I finally, after that, decided that I was probably actually a runner. And I, then I should probably own that. So you, is that from <laughs> so, so north you, to south? You, you think a bit like the desert, big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually only done a handful of events. And I might, it's funny, you know, people, I think they get, they have this perception that I'm this amazing runner, but I'm, I, I go big, but for, for argument's sake, you know, I've never actually successfully finished a hundred kilometre event or more single stage. I've never done it. I've never been able to actually just do a hundred Ks in one go, which sounds ridiculous. And it even sounds silly in my head, but I'm kind of this weird anomaly that I do big stuff, but big, long single stage stuff. Just, yeah. I haven't quite cracked it yet. Yep. Right. So can I ask who your coach is? Was Andy, <laughs> is it not Andy Dubois? Andy, yeah, Andy Dubois. Yes. I know Andy. He's a yep. fantastic coach. Yeah. had him on this podcast um, last year and um, that was actually, that was the single longest episode I've ever done because he, he's, a, he's a wealth of knowledge and he's, um, he's an incredible runner, but he really knows what he's talking about. And so if anyone can yep. turn you into a runner, it's him. So good job, Andy. Yeah. And good job you. Yeah, so, he's, he's brilliant. He's, um, he's very open and honest and blunt, yeah. which is something that I really appreciate. Um, I suspect there would be people out there that probably wouldn't warm to his methods. Um, but for me, he was he was perfect. You know, I, I like honesty. Yeah. And that's, yeah, so, he's very there, good at that. There's, there's a coach for every athlete, but they're not all the same coach. Yeah. yeah I agree, 100%. Um, are you, just tell us a little bit about, your run, just I, mean, I don't really want to gloss over your run because that's pretty amazing. So you ran the, yeah. the length of Australia. Um, was it north to south? Where did you run from? Yeah. And to. So I, so I started at South Cape Bay in Tasmania yeah. and I ran up to Cape York, tip of Cape York. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, it was pretty far. And even now when I look at the map, I kind of sit down on my couch and I look at it and think, Wow, that's really far. That's a continent. <laughs> so did you follow the did you follow the national trail? No, I didn't. No, I re I went inland a little bit, um, and I yep. followed. I'm just on roads the whole way. So right, um, okay. Yeah. So I was I was raising awareness for bowel cancer. Um, yep. So I was trying to go through some towns and and sort of go a little bit more rural than the coast, um, just because that's where I'm from, and I to me that was really important. So yeah, so it was about four and a half thousand k in total. Um, cool. And it was pretty far. Uh, yeah. and, and why And why the uh, awareness for bowel cancer? So our, my, my family, well, yeah, so there's a couple of reasons, I guess. Um, my family has got a history of bowel cancer in it. And yep. for me, um, I thought that it was something that I could tell a personal story with, I guess. And also for me, it's a topic. I'm a very open and, you know, open person, so I don't, I'm almost impossible to embarrass. 
Um, but I also recognise that that is not the case with that particular topic a lot. And quite often um, it is, you know, hit away, especially in rural areas and especially with people from remote um, places. They're all very tough and, you know, don't want to don't want to always discuss that kind of thing. So for me, it was really important to kind of almost get in their face and be very like, you know, we need to talk about this because talking about it will save lives. You know, we don't bowel cancer for me is one of those things that, you know, research into it is brilliant on ways to, to cure it and, and those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, early detection is key. And for early detection, you need open and honest conversation. Um, so if I could play a part in, in starting that conversation, then that for me was, was my job done. Um, Absolutely fantastic. 100% great. behind you. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of Ashley's situation, Jenna. Ashley's been un, uh, had, had cancer for how long now, Ash? Five years? Uh, it's not quite five years, thank goodness. It's four years now. Yeah. So I've been stage four for four years, yeah. Yeah, right. No, I wasn't aware of that. No. So, yeah. but yeah. Um, running, I'm, I'm, I think it's safe to say that running has been a big part of keeping you uh, ticking over, hasn't it, Ash? It's definitely been a massive part of keeping me alive, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Both, both mentally and physically. Uh, yeah. I think you found a kindred spirit. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. It's awesome. Going, going big sounds like uh, something we both like to do. Yeah. Not, yeah. Quite, not, quite up to your, not quite up to your standard yet. Maybe I'll have to work on that. <laughs> well, I was never up to the standard either. I just decided to do it one day and went about working out how to do it after the fact. So you basically yep. forest gumped. You went. You forest gumped your way across Australia, or north, south to north. <laughs> you were. It's so big. Um, how long did it take you? I meant to ask. How long did it take you to get from? Uh, so it took four months. Yep. yep. Shit, that's yep. all right. That is good. That's fine. Yeah, so it was about a little bit over on average about just over a marathon a day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it was. I mean, I. You know, I went into it. Pretty, um, I think for me, ignorance was bliss in some respects because I didn't really know what to expect because I'd never done that before. Um, yeah. And I didn't know how things would unfold. And I made a very conscious effort when I started that I would, I would only take it one day at a time. So I remember being about three days into it and I was still in Tasmania and I caught myself thinking about, and I remember th going, I remember thinking, on Monday, I'll be here. On Tuesday, I'll be there. On Wednesday, and I actually stopped myself mid-thought and went, no, 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 no. It's Sunday today. You are right where you are. And from that moment on, I pretty much never allowed myself to ever really think about what the next day would hold because in something like that, you know, there were nights when I would go to bed and my body would be in, it would be screaming at me, like just, it, it was so painful but I'd wake up the next day and be okay. And it took a few, you know, days of having that experience to actually realise that I, w I couldn't judge what tomorrow would feel like based on how I felt at that time because it was proven to me that I would feel different. So I didn't allow myself, I suppose, to dwell on the fact that I was in pain that day because tomorrow is it's totally, it's a new day. Um, and rest and sleep does wonders for a broken body, I learnt. Um, the best. Yeah, so I think, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Those, those, I can tell you, I've never heard it put that way, and that is some very powerful wording there. How you feel one day compared with how you feel the next, totally different. And if you think, I'm not going to be able to run tomorrow because I feel like crap now, 
you can't make that decision until a few minutes before you run. Yeah. And yeah, or even a few minutes after you start running, actually. Yeah. It's one of the things that I have found is if I'm trying to run long, if I go out and just start, sometimes five minutes later, I, I know that I need to stop. And sometimes five minutes later, I go, actually, today I can go a really long way. I didn't think I could. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a it's very much mental. Way, well worded. That that event of mine, you know, you've really got to let your ego go when you do something like that. I find because otherwise you will you'll destroy yourself. Um, and for yeah. what purpose? My purpose was to was to do it and to um and to get that message out there. And I went into it fitness wise very underdone. I I had a number of injuries leading up to it, and I was you know I started on day one. I think I. Re- ran two minutes and walked four minutes for the first, you know, week. Um, and the entire run, and I call it a run, even though some people would argue the point, I walk ran in, in minute intervals for the entire four months yeah. because for me that was the only way that I could sustain my body um, over that long period of time. And that worked for me. And I think for me, you know, I, I was able to let that, let that ego go a little bit that says you should be running um, because I knew that there was a – there was a cause bigger than just my ego that was at play. Excellent. Yeah. Did you come out of it? How did you come out of it? Like, did, did we be absolutely broken physically? No, I wasn't. Um, I certainly, you know, looking back on it, suffered for a long period of time, you know, throughout it. Um, and I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I suffered at, you know, I didn't suffer in the moment. Like, I didn't feel like I was suffering. I always found a way through. Um, but, go, you know, looking back now, I know, you know, I spent probably the better part of four or five weeks unable to run downhill because my shins were so sore. But at the time, it was like, oh, no, I just can't run downhill today. I just have to – I can only run flats and uphills. Um, then I kind of look back and go, wow, your body was really pushing, you know, to kind of – to get through. Um, but, yeah, look, physically I think, you know, it took its toll. But, but I, I also think there gets to a point where – um, it just become it just becomes adapted to it. Like I was when I got to Cairns, when I got near Cairns, I had two days off in a row, and it was the first time the entire um, run that I had two days off in a row. And the the two days after that break were were the most painful days I experienced on the entire run. And they were, you know, I only had 900k to go at that point. So I'd already done three and a half thousand (laughs) and I took a break for two days, which my body wasn't used to. And I was, I was a broken woman for two days. Like it was, it was the most pain I've ever been in when it comes to running. Um, And then I, and then the third day after that, I was great again, good to go. So I think there is a very big role that adaptability, um, physical adaptability plays. Um, But as well, look, I think, I think most people who who run or do you know hike or walk are physically would be physically capable of doing that, but the mental strength required to go day after day after day after day is where most people would fall down. Um, and even I starting, like I believed I could do it, I had no idea how it would unfold, but I just had this innate self belief that I'd find a way. And you found a way. You certainly did. Yeah. When, you, when you got when you got to the sign at uh, the top of Queensland, you didn't uh, then just turn around and go, oh, if I just go by Julia <laughs> Creek and then past Cloncurry, I could just run home now. Uh, <laughs> do you know it, that that particular thought didn't cross my mind? But 
<laughs> but it was really mentally hard to finish. And I think it's, I don't know, I, 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 I struggled. On that last day, I really, it was really hard. Um, I, it, was, it was a big goal coming to an end? Yeah, I, I think so. It was my life for four months, you know. I, I lived and I camped and, and that's what I did for four months and it was it was two years before that of planning and preparation and training and logistics and, um, and I think I finished and I had a, a few of my family members there. My mum and dad had flown up for it and, and a couple of um, – and my support crew, so two, two of my friends were there as well. Um, and I, I've often said this to people after the fact that if I could have my time again, I probably would. I would probably finish it a couple of days before I actually told anyone that I had finished. Um, and I, it's it's probably hard to understand that, but you know, I gave so much. I, I tried to make it so public, which was what which was the purpose of it. But there was also this balance of of wanting to just have that moment, I guess for myself and to be able to process it. Like I kind of got to the finish and sat on the rocks for a little while and then jumped in the car and went back to my campsite, um, which was which was exactly what had to happen. Like that is the way that that day had to unfold. But for me, if I'm thinking about the perfect way something like that could finish, it's probably actually on my own, just being alone kind of thing. And, it, you know, it's there's, there's a selfish component to that, which I'm happy to acknowledge there is. Um, and yeah, so I think that that last day for me, I remember sitting down at the campsite afterwards for about three hours and I actually just moved my chair away from everyone else and I just sat by myself because I couldn't bring myself to answer any texts. I couldn't, I didn't want to talk to anyone. Mm. I was almost like, I was almost in an angry mood, which is kind of hard to, to understand. But I was kind of like, this. how can this just be finished? Like, I don't understand how I can just have finished that. Um, and now I've got to go out and and tell people all about it, which which is a really wonderful thing to be able to do, to be able to share that story. But it's psychologically, it's just a lot to process. Yeah, I bet. It's fa- it, I can relate to that feeling, uh, that, that feeling a bit. It's sort of not how you expect to feel at the at the finish of something like that. It, um, I can imagine it would be, it's sort of an unpredictable way to feel. You know, you, you expect that when you've crossed the, when you come to the end of a race like that, you, fi- you think you're going to feel like, elated but and um yeah. but it's not yeah often you're just so you can yeah just so fatigued and so i don't know the fact that it's all over can be weird when you've worked so hard it's a yeah it's a bit of a surreal experience i imagine um yeah it, yeah um, it's, a, it's a very personal one yeah. yes yeah i totally understand that whole thing of just wanting to have time to just process what you've done and also the fact that you kind of got to go back to normal life. Yes. The normal life, the normal life just doesn't have the, oh, it's not the appeal, but it, it's... Not as exciting. Like when you're doing something like that that's so focused and that's all you have to think about, there's a, there's a massive joy in that, which is one of the reasons I love running. It's just you go out and all you have to do is put one foot in front of the other. You don't have to worry about anyone else. You switch off all your notifications coming through on your Lincoln latest watch and um, you you just do what you have to do. And when all that comes to an end, you've then got to absorb, oh, I've got to go back to so-called reality. 
yeah, yeah that's, it's not easy to go back to reality. I imagine it's way like that sort of thing must be terrible too for like people who come back from space, like you know that have been on the space station. They've suddenly got to live normal life, <laughs> or people who come back from Antarctica, you know. Um, and yeah. they're suddenly back in Hobart after being, you know, in Antarctica for ages. It, it would have yep. that – a massive amount of adjustment has to be made and you need time to absorb and make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not easy. Um, and I think it's still, you know, it's now uh, – when did I finish? June 2018. So it's a bit over a year, I guess, a year and a half. Um, and, you know, I still – I still process things and I still acknowledge and, and sort of catch myself thinking about things. And, um, you know, for a long time I was asked, what's next, what's next, what's next? And I didn't have an answer for it. And I still, you know, I don't have an answer for it that, that is on par with that. Um, but it was it was interesting that sort of everyone's idea, and they, they, don't, they don't say it out of malice or anything like that. It's just, it's just genuine interest of, well, what are you going to do next? Um, I found that actually quite difficult. That was a very difficult question for me to respond to um, at the time because it's it's there is there is an element of of an event like that, and anyone that's done something that requires you know years of planning and, and execution, um, there is an element that you you can't explain and a person can't understand unless they've been there. Um, and I you know don't know. I know a few people have done that kind of thing, but I'm certainly not in the trial running world or scene or anything like that. Like I don't, I just know the people that I've met, you know, from the few big red runs I've done. Um, so there wasn't sort of that, you know, those people that I could talk to that really, really got it and really understood, even if it's not in a running sense, um, just in a life sense in general. Um, yeah, so it was, it, it was different. And, and still to this day, I still sort of, as I said before, sit down and look at the map and think, wowza, like that's, that's epic, and that's going to take a long time to kind of wrap my head around. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you're filling you're filling the void now by becoming a race director. <laughs> yeah, I am. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm other people to do it now. It's my Actually, new pet project. She's not a race director. You know, she's, she's not a race director. Ash. She's a fun creator, according to the website. A fun creator. Yeah. I can tell you now that I bet you that there's probably, hopefully, a few hundred people, maybe more at the finish line, who are not referring to her as a fun director next year. Fun? No. <laughs> they were, I would. I love the attitude. you got to go at in. At the start line, maybe, but by the finish, I can guarantee they're not. Yeah. After 160Ks of sand in your shoes, um, yeah, even though it's winter, I can tell you it gets bloody hot out there. I reckon they'll be thinking I'm a fun creator after about 10 days post-race. <laughs> Post, well, either that or maybe ten beers in in the Birdville yeah. pub, because yeah. when you when you I, I can tell you just to, to give some people a year of an experience, when you get to the Birdsville pub, if you've been there, and I've been there in September, and yeah. it it was blowing a sand like you're getting sandblasted, and it was it was like standing when you've just you've been cooking a roast, roast vegetables, roast meat. And you just opened the oven, but you didn't step out of the way and you'd been smacked with that heat that, that you jump back and it burns you. That's what it's like. And then you step into the first part of the Birdsville pub and it's, it's like stepping into a fridge, a dark fridge. And it is the most – and I'm not a drinker. It's just the, that 
it's a beautiful experience. <laughs> and I think that I think that that is when you'll get your runners who are going, oh yeah, now this is good. Feed up, drink in hand, cool weather, perfect. Yeah, they'll be they'll be happy then. They will have achieved what they came out to achieve. They'll have gone yep. somewhere they didn't think they could go, and uh, they will they will be yeah celebrating in style. I'm sure. Um, Absolutely. So, Jenna, can you just maybe we might just get into a, a bit of the p- specifics of the actual race? Can you just describe the course yep. and some of the and the distances that you've got on offer? Yep. So, and also the people who are doing it because I'm blown away by um, the take up. But yep. I'll let you explain so, that. Yeah, so the, I guess, uh, broadly speaking, the way that I've designed this event um, is to really try and encourage people, not only who have been doing this style of event for a long time, but also people that that have never really thought they perhaps fit into the scene of trail running, ultramarathons and that kind of thing. Um, and... So in doing that, we've created an event that has four different distances. So there's there's your traditional ultramarathon, so there's an 80K event and there's a 160K event. And there's also a 20K and a 42K event, which is really, um, you know, we've had a lot of uptake of those shorter events because I think we've we've appealed to an audience who perhaps don't quite believe they're up for an ultramarathon just yet, um, but they still want to experience it. And also allowed those people that are coming out to support those in the longer distances um, to also participate in an event, you know, if they want to come out and do the 20K or, or something like that, as well as supporting, you know, their, their loved ones that are doing the event. And the, the event itself, the course that I've designed is very much to try and um, minimise logistical issues, I suppose, that you face in an event um, like this out here. So absolutely, you know, point-to-point races are brilliant. They're probably my – I love point-to-point events – um, but out here they can be really quite difficult because you've got very challenging terrain to get vehicles over and into um, and obviously long distances to cut water and those kinds of things, as well as as well as well just the basics of having enough people and volunteers to service a point-to-point event. So instead we've basically gone for a central event hub um, and then if you can imagine basically like a central point with four loops that radiate north, south, east and west of it, that so are we're all about. A, we're doing a flower run. Effectively, yes. That's how most people describe it when they see the map. Yep. Um, and yeah, so every loop, you know, there's four different loops. So the 80k participants will do the course once. The 160 would do it twice, and they'll do it back to front. So they'll go around it in a clockwise direction, and then turn around and go around it in an anti-clockwise direction. Um, all the loops very much, you know, have different terrain on them. So some are very much heavier with sand dunes, crossing sand dunes. Um, some I've got the world-famous Gibber Plains, which are basically, if you imagine, a flat, stony ground that's got stones with the size of a golf ball to a watermelon on it. Oh, um, that which suck to run across, which yeah. a lot of people despise, present company <laughs> included. Um, or no. sometimes, sometimes they can be really lovely because they can be really, really smooth and quite beautiful to run across. And sometimes they can you curse every single time because your toes hit the rocks and it's not nice. Um, and then the other loops are sort of a mixture of both and have probably longer traverses atop June. So a lot of time spent walking um, along the tops of June in the sand, those kinds of things. So, 
you know, we've I've certainly tried to make it as varied as possible, but still in a relatively small geographical um, space, I suppose, to try and minimise the logistical issues. So it's about, the course sort of is about 25 k's west of Birdsville. So if you've been to this area, it's it's almost a big red is where the event hub will be. Um, yeah, and, and it just sort of goes off in different directions from there. Um, I'm, I think it's going to be really beautiful, but I am very biased on the matter. Um, and I think the vibe of the event and, and the traction, I guess, that it's getting is really positive and people have been very supportive of this endeavour, I suppose. We've got, you know, entries open last week and we've already got 135 people nominated, which is which is big for, you know, an inaugural event, I think, anywhere. Um, when you consider the distances that people have to travel to get here, it's massive and, uh, and it's something yeah. that, you know, I'm really grateful that it's had that support behind it and that people have really wanted to get out um, and experience this part of the world. It's fantastic. I think um, you've you've clearly, it's great that you've sort of picked up where Big Red has left off and hopefully, and I've heard lots of positive things about the Big Red run and um, so, but you're putting your own spin on it and and that's fantastic. And I just think um, like, what about like your things like cutoff times, uh, and stuff like that, like, and, um, you know, I guess being on a logistical, on a, on a loop course, you don't have as much worry about, um, as much, I imagine as much mandatory gear. You probably still need a bit, but like sometimes these big hundred miles, you need to carry quite a lot. So like, what's the cutoff time for a hundred, the hundred miles? So, so our event is, is a little bit different to most style events. So the hundred mile Cutoff is 36 hours. Um, yep. It's got the fastest overall pace that has to be maintained of all the distances. So I think it's like 4.6k an hour or something like that. Um, and the way that we're actually structuring our events is those that require the most amount of time are going to start first. And then those that are a bit faster will start later. And the idea behind that is now you have to excuse me because sometimes my words get muddled when I'm trying to explain this. Um, right. I figure nobody else needs to understand it except for me. But basically, the events are going to start progressively throughout Saturday with every event um, having its final cutoff at 4 p.m. on Sunday. Right. And the idea behind that is that whether you are doing the 100 miles, 80K, 42 or 20, in theory, everybody, regardless of when they started, will be on the last 20K loop together. Um, I see. And that, to me... For someone, you know, the events that I have done, generally speaking, I'm in the last 10 to 15% of the field. And, yeah, it's great to come over the finish line, but sometimes a lot of things are already done and dusted by the time you cross the finish line. So in this particular event, I really wanted people, whether they're walking or running, to all kind of have that same experience of everybody across the whole event finishing within about a four- or five-hour window of each other, um, whether you are the fastest 100-miler or whether you're, you know, the last 100 miler, you're all finishing in the same kind of time period. Um, so, yeah, so the 80K itself, it's got 24 hours, so very much designed for people who aren't runners. And one of the big things that I wanted to, to sort of, I guess, promote with this event was was that we are, we are an event that allows and encourages and supports walkers to be a part of it. Um, and that's one of the reasons why in pretty much 
we hope it should be in any documents, in the websites, any social media posts. We never refer to um, our people as runners. We refer to everybody as a participant. Yeah. And that, that was important to me because I know that when I've, you know, been in events and everything says, you know, runners this, runners that, you can, if you're not a runner, feel a little bit like perhaps you don't belong or perhaps that the event isn't targeting you. And that is a very personal thing. Um, but to me, that was really important because I wanted people to know that that we are we are here for everybody. Yeah, that's really good. I love the uh, inclusiveness of it all. And um, so that's... It must have taken a lot of thought to get the timing right to make sure everyone's sort of on that last loop at the same time. So clearly you've put a lot of, of, of uh, time into getting this right. And obviously being the first year, you want to get it right, don't you? So, um, so yeah. Um, the other next question I had, um, Ash, did you want to jump in? Well, I did have a question, but do you have any? Yep, I've I, I got two, two things. So... What I have been blown away by and um, j- just in the, the sport in general of, of ultra running is just how well females are doing at the moment. Maggie and, and uh, as an example, who just recently ran 400K straight for 60. Was it 63 or 64 hours, Daniel? Uh, I think 60. Was that probably 64. the one? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, just 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 mind just mind blowing uh and you have managed to get i I came up on a post the other day 75 percent of your entries so far are female close 65 percent yes huge that's great yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's something that yeah we're well i'm really i'm really excited by um and we actually have our our event ambassador kath wallace um, has been instrumental in, in encouraging and helping us to encourage women to get involved. She's actually bringing a team of 12 women out from all walks of life, um, some who have never done a kilometre before, um, you know, right up to people who have done these events, you know, on a few occasions, and she's got people in, in all four distances. Um, and I just, you know, I just love, yeah, there's just there's something about women getting behind each other, which is which is really heartening to see, I think. Um, and I'm certainly really proud of it. And it's, you know, we we love we love men, and we love the fact that we've we've got, you know, 35% of our field is, is male. Um, and and I would like to think that our event will appeal to them just as much as it appeals to women. But I think there is an element of, I, I don't know, I I, I kind of think whether it's right or wrong, the fact that this event is organised by a, a woman um, who comes at it from a very inclusive perspective, I think it just opens it up to people who wouldn't otherwise think they're capable of it. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, hats off to you. I think you've done a brilliant job um, with that. Because that, that just, that statistic blew me away when I saw that the yeah. other day. And I, I think that that's, uh, as a as a, a dad who has two daughters, um, seeing that sort of thing is just brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, love it. And now the other thing is, uh, I don't know of another event that has its own jet aircraft. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's an easy place to get to. 
we, so, um, you know, this is this is Learjet in style oh, no. getting to the event. <laughs> It's not quite Learjet. It's not quite Learjet style. Um, it, might, it might be a Fokker. <laughs> well, closer to a Fokker. It's a Saab, but we'll go, you know, it's a plane. Um, yeah, look, I guess for me, I'm really used to travelling out here. So I know exactly how to get here. I know what airline flies here. I know how it all works, what days they come in and out. Um, you know, for most people that go, yep, I want to go to Bursley for this event, jump on Skyscanner and they're like, oh, but there's no planes that go there. You know, how how do I get there? What's what's going on? Um, and so anyway, so what I ended up doing, which which I felt a little bit nauseous at the time doing because it was a lot of money, um, I thought, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna charter an aircraft out of Adelaide and that is gonna be one of the ways that people can get here. Wow. Um, and and that's what we've done. So we've still got I think there's like two or three seats left on a thirty seat aircraft out of Adelaide direct into Birdsville, four nights in Birdsville, and then direct back, um, you know, on the which actually is the Queen's birthday public holiday on the Monday, which has worked out quite well. Uh, yeah, so it is. It's it's a plane load of, of Simpson Desert Ultra athletes that are going to be flying up from Adelaide. Um, and it was really just they, a they'll, case. They'll all smell like roses one direction and all stink the other. Oh, I hope not. I hope they decide to shower <laughs> after. Um, but it was just, it was, to be honest, it was one of the ways that I thought – you know, Bert, as I said before, Birdsville isn't isn't an easy place to get to, especially if you don't understand how it how you get here. So I wanted to make it as easy as possible for people to get here because at the end of the day, you need numbers to make an event sustainable. Um, and yeah, so so that's what we've done, and and it's it's been very well received, and I've actually had a few people, which has been really great, say that say that it's one of the easiest events they've they've entered. Um, in terms of you know getting here and accommodation and everything, so so that's good. That's what I was aiming for, and the results indicate that that I've sort of hit that hit that target so far. That's so good. Fantastic. I think that's a fan, a, an amazing idea. Um, I just want to also like you've got so you've got these volunteers like so you've got aid stations that are going to be sitting out in the middle of not literally in the middle of nowhere, and like <laughs> some of those people are going to be there for for quite a long time how's that going to work and have you got enough volunteers is the entire population of birdsville going to be uh, helping out <laughs> um there will be a lot of people from birdsville who are helping out for sure and there will also be a lot of people who have just come out to support uh, friends and family who are participating who will also help i guess with the aid stations it, it's a little bit it's a bit too difficult to probably discuss um you know in 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 words, I guess, um, exactly how it's going to work. But with the way that I've designed the course, with the the directions that the different distances run um, and when they start, it is obviously that the entire event takes 36 hours, but there's actually no aid station. Most of the aid stations are only open for sort of uh, 10 to 20 hours of that yeah. because of the way that the course is run, when the start waves start, the fact that the, the faster people are going last. So there's there's a lot of things um, that that are fact that I factored in to sort of reduce that load um, on the on those aid stations in particular. Um, obviously, the event hub will run for the 36 hours, but the other aid stations will be opening and closing at different times, um, depending on on which way the runners are going. Sorry, the participants are going at any one point in time. Yeah, no. So a lot of a lot of thought and planning and logistics has gone into it. 
Yeah, no, I, I can see. Yeah, you've done really well. Now, I wanted to ask you something. I'm, I am just scanning over your website a little bit, and it's, it looks it's a very nice website. Love it. Um, you, I, I see you. Um, I, I, I want to ask you about sponsors because I want to deliberately ask you about this because it just, um, you, are you seeking sponsors at the moment? Yeah, uh, I am. I'm not actively. I'm not actively doing it at the moment. All right. But so now you in my. It's on my. It's on my to do list. Yeah. Yes. So you're, um, you're on this podcast, and I just found out the other day we're in the top. Um, what are we? About we're we're ranked 14th we're 14. in Australia. Really? Yeah. So yeah. This podcast. My, so, my, that was a bit mind blowing to be honest. Yeah, um, it fluctuates from day to day, but I, I think, um, yeah, we're gro- it's growing. So we picked a good day. Oh no! Well, oh good. Y- yesterday it was thirteen, and then the, uh, you know, so it goes up and down. Um, but um, the you're on the podcast, so here's your spiel. You can do a little spiel to any sponsors. So what what are you looking for if you were looking for sponsors? So basically, when it comes to sponsors, I this event needs cash um so that's really what i'm aiming for and i kind of go big or go home when it comes to these kinds of things as you probably are already aware yeah um so yeah so i'm just looking for one or two sponsors uh cash sponsors that want to get behind the event um yeah look i you know i i'm trying to make it as sustainable as possible and in a perfect world to be honest in a perfect world you'd have your entry fees cover everything you wouldn't even have to you wouldn't have to have sponsors um that's and that is me, just as someone who has fundraised a lot and had to seek a lot of sponsorships. Um, sometimes it's easier to pay your own way, I find. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, this event, just the cost of getting people out here. So I mentioned this on social media a little bit. We look at about uh, one to one and a half thousand dollars per person just to get them out here for yeah. any particular skills or anything like that that we need um to actually run the event so so the financial cost is the financial cash cost is a big thing when it comes to running an event in a remote environment so so that is what i'm looking for when it comes to sponsorship um and and i do get i'm i'm getting around to it um but with all the red doors open and everything um time has been spent elsewhere no but yeah so yeah i'm i'm pretty i'm I'm really quite an overly optimistic person. So I know that if this event, you know, when this event sort of gets out into mainstream media and, you know, if we can, if I can really just create a really nice vibe around it, those people that are attracted to this kind of event will just attract each other um, in due course. So I'm certainly not, I'm not out there chasing and pushing because I know that those that are meant to be involved will will, will gravitate towards each, towards each other. Yeah. I think, um, well, Hopefully we get um, because a few people listen to this and someone hears it and goes, you know what, I want to get onto that. And so, um, come on, sponsors, get on board. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, and they don't even have to be a, a particularly a running focused business or anything, do they? They can be any kind of business. No, and, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we just really, I mean, look, I like people who align with what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, Wonderful. And yeah. Yeah, and and it will it 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 all it will all it will all turn out exactly how it's meant to turn out. So I'm awesome. a big believer in that. Awesome attitude. Um, we're almost we're coming close to our, the our running out of time. Ash, is there was there anything that you wanted to add to 
Or any more questions that you've got? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to add a um, a scary one. No, it's not scary. So, what's the chances of seeing it? What's the chances of seeing a death adder? Uh, slim to none. Excellent. None. None. So you won't look if if somebody sees a snake during the Simpson Desert Ultra. Um, I, I would almost hazard a guess that they're hallucinating. It's it's quite likely. cold at that time. Yeah, <laughs> and yep. we we almost never see snakes. You know, from you know three or four months in the middle of the year. It depends a little bit, but it's it's very very rare. Um, yeah, it's we're still going to have in our participant briefing. We're still going to talk about them, uh, but yeah, the the chances of that are pretty slim. Yeah. Yep. Valid I can't question. remember what race it was. There was a race that I did where I'm, I swear that every second word they said, "Don't." Oh, I know which race it was. It was one in New South Wales, and they, every second word was, "Don't get bitten by a snake." Don't get bitten by a snake. Oh, really? And um, yeah, and I'd I'd run about forty nine kilometres, and I think I haven't even seen a snake. And then the next <laughs> minute, I'm jumping over a tiger snake. Oh, yeah. And like because it was like right in the middle of the path, and I'm thinking. Now, don't get bitten by this snake. And, yeah, I just yeah. had to literally jump over it. And by the time you've run 49Ks, it's amazing how well you can jump when you have to. <laughs> yeah. Adrenaline. Absolutely. I, uh, yeah, no, you, you see them out here in summertime. I actually was just – I was riding my bike around the other day and there was a snake crossing just in front of the bridge where I was riding. And I realised that you come upon things a little bit faster on a road bike than you do when you run. And uh, I've had to very quickly pull up and just take a few steps backwards. Um, yep. But at that time of year, really unlikely. And and we actually have a few people who over the years that I've met that are really concerned about coming to Australia to do these kinds of events because they just think there's going to be snakes everywhere and everything's going to try and kill them. Um, no. So I'm always conscious of just being like, no, look, we take, you know, we make, we will make sure that our people have got precautions, um, that they've, you know, carrying the right gear. Um, but the reality is that the, the, the d- most dangerous thing at the end of the day is going to be your ability to stand on two feet and probably not roll an ankle. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds... yeah that's, that's very true. You're much more likely to end up, you know. Oh, I know that um, I, I went running with the, the Medico um, from the 24-hour World Championships yesterday. Um, oh, yeah. He's just come back from France. And yeah. um, it's 12 days later and one of the athletes now has rhabdo. Um, really? Yeah, so that's like 12 days after the event they're in hospital with kidney failure, which is just yeah. like, whoa, what went what went wrong, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, he got a phone call in the middle of the night saying, you know, just, just so you know. And it's like, yeah. Like, Amazing. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's more likely what's going to affect you in any sort of running than getting mm. attacked by a bit of nature. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, we've, you know, our event anyway, we'll have we're full, fully kitted out to keep everyone safe. So we just hope that our, our advice will be will be heeded and people won't be popping neurofins every four hours during the race. That would be great. Yep. They can avoid doing that. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I would have to. <laughs> I'd say that for everyone. I'd pop that sort of medication during ultra running. So, no, it's, uh, it's not worth it. So, Jen, where where can people find you find your how to get into this event? Can you tell us your website, please? Absolutely. So SimpsonDesertUltra.com is where you will find pretty much anything you could possibly need to know about this event, um, and also obviously on social media, Simpson Desert Ultra, Facebook, Instagram, 
um, yeah, just drop us a line. If you if you send us an email, or drop us a line. You'll be talking to me. So yep. let's have a chat. And it's on the sixth and seventh of June, twenty twenty. So a bit of time to start training and getting and um, yeah. And so, like I say. Yeah, that's awesome. So very excited. Gosh, another event I've got to add to my calendar. Gosh, <laughs> running out. Well, of- hopefully we'll yep. see you out in one year. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love it. And um, yeah, it's been really nice chatting. Don't run away yet. We're going to finish the um, podcast, but I'll, we'll keep you on the line for a second. Um, yep. So yeah. So thank you so much, Jenna. And I look forward. No worries. To- yeah. All right. Oh, I can't. I can't wait to do this event. Yeah, I really can't. Well, we can't, I can't wait to have you here. It's going to be Excellent. awesome. All right, Ash, you've got to do Excellent. it then. All right. All right, that, we'll finish up there. Good work. Hello and welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. I'm Daniel, and today I'm joined by a number of guests. I've got, as always... My my dear friend, my excellent friend Ashley Drew. How are you going, Ashley? Excellent, thank you. Wonderful. And also on the line, um, I'm joined by Tim Coles and Laura Coles and the Baby Coles. <laughs> We've got it. Yeah, what, yeah, what is Baby? Ba- what's Baby Coles's name? Sadie. This Tim? one. This one's called Sadie. 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 Yeah. Excellent. Welcome, uh, welcome to the podcast, Sadie, and welcome to the podcast, Tim and Laura. And, uh, thanks very much for having us. Yeah, cool. And so you guys, um, I guess from what I know, this, as I was just saying off air a second ago, you guys uh, you do a lot of stuff, obviously. You, you're race directors, runners, and you own a shop. And it's all in the same uh, realm of trail running. Is that correct? That's it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So we've got the the trail covers the shop, um, and then a couple of a few events. Um, we run the Guzzler, which is an ultra event, um, fifty k. Um, sorry, fifty k and hundred k. And now this year we're going to do a twenty one. And then we also um, we we've done um, Yarra Bilba Trail Fest, and yep. also the um, the Southeast Queensland Trail Running Series. Fantastic. And are they are they shorter events? Those two. Yeah, so Yarraville was three distances. So um, this year was sort of six, thirteen, and twenty. Um, and then last, um, and then the trail running series is they they all differ in, in length a little bit, but yeah, sort of around that sort of five to sort of five to eight maybe, and then sort of uh, ten to twenty, in, depending on which location we're at. Oh wow, <clears throat> fantastic! And um, yeah, we eight both events. Sorry. There's eight of those events that run over the summer summer period. So we have a period of four four events just before Christmas every every two weeks, and then we have a bit of a break over Christmas, and then we we go again and have another four events. Fantastic. And um, so I guess um, you're very busy uh, and like having running a shop as well. And and um, the, so my my question is like, how well um, before I. I probably should talk to Laura as well. Um, to, I can direct this to whoever wants to answer it. Like, how well no, um, patroned are your running events? Like, they, there's because there's a lot of events up in Queensland these days. And so, how yeah. do and I, I, I do sometimes and same problem here in South Australia. 
about events sort of tripping over each other and um, you don't want to have events on the same weekend as another organisation or something, how you guys go there? Yeah, absolutely. And especially in Queensland with it being so hot over the height of summer, um, yeah. it limits the time when you can fit events in a bit. Um, but yeah, really well patient. We were the Guzzler, we had our first year um, in 2019 and we were just blown away with the support. Um, and so far we've sold tickets for 2020 and we've just blown 2019 numbers out of the water in the first couple of weeks of sales. So um, yeah. it's definitely, it's a growing sport. Yes. Um, and then for the the other events, we've actually just recently taken them over. They've they've been around for um, six years already, so um, they've got huge support as well, five six hundred at each one. Um, so yeah, the the appetite for trails is big. Yeah, and as you say, the event the the sport is growing, and I I still don't yeah. I don't think we're near the cap yet. I don't think we're uh, eventually everything that it can't grow forever, but we're definitely still in that growth period. Would you agree? <sighs> Yeah, that's certainly what we've seen, um, yeah. which is, you know, it's great. Yes. Um, we love it and, you know, we, we love the sport, so we like to see other people enjoying it as well. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's amazing. And I think that um, anyone who's involved on a like, organisational level such as yourselves is going to benefit from it. And, I, I mean, I know that it sounds very capitalist of me to say that, but um, in a way, you know, like, why not? enjoy do what you enjoy you know what I mean and so like and make it and make that your job and so um so yeah so Ash I, I was about to ask them about the uh the shop the trail co because I mean we're going to jump around a bit but I thought you might want to jump in with a few questions there mate oh, I actually have a question um about the weekend because the weekend we've just had uh, we had two events run by two different companies, one being yours or two different race directors, one being yours and one being um, another director. Uh, yeah. What do you do in that situation where you've got a can, uh, an event with, with catastrophic fire conditions uh, and safety comes first? But from your point of view, like from our point of view as a, as a runner, it's just, oh, man, now I've got to go and you know, figure out some other way to run 20Ks or whatever. So what's it like for you guys? I think it starts with, I mean, we first off, we, we when we first thought about cancelling, it wasn't really thinking about our race more than, we. there's no way we can, like, ship 500 people into a, a place where there's any fire. Like, it's, not a, it's not a question of should we, it's, oh. yeah, we just can't. Let's not, you know, put anyone in danger or, or put any more sort of, like, the resources of the fireys that are, risk as well like they've already done loads of stuff and you know, the risk in the area is high and yeah there's there was no way we could could do that so wouldn't even think about it so it was sort of it was off that way before we yeah we thought about yeah. the implications on us i guess so yep um that was that it was so, easy so safety first yeah 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 yeah, it was an easy decision in that sense. Like we don't like to di disappoint the runners, and it, obviously it's disappointing for us as well. We enjoy it, and we, you know, we don't want to. We we were geared up for the weekend, um, but the the concept of cancelling was an easy one. But yeah, there is a few behind the scenes things. You know, there's all the suppliers that are coming along that you've got to tell. You've got to remember. We, you know, we, that's one thing that we learned is um, maybe write down a list beforehand of all the people that you would tell in that instance. Yeah. So you're not sitting yeah. up going now. Who else? Who else is coming? Um, yeah, and then hopefully yeah, the plan is to reschedule. So then it's it's just trying to find, you know, if we can do that, is there a date that works again for everybody? Oh, so you're rescheduling? That's our hope. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, such a nice event, such a cool place, and it's part of our series. So we're we're hoping to, um, yeah, as long as we're we're allowed to do so, we'll, we'll keep it going, um, and we'll have it again, um, yeah, before the end of the series. Oh, fantastic! Um, yeah, just, I mean, it's a excellent. bit of work. I mean, the toilets and stuff were already delivered, and we went, <laughs> we went to the fin- we went to the start line just to make sure that no one turned up and didn't know about the the cancellation. Um, and yeah, <laughs> the row of toilets were there waiting for everyone to come and no one came. But um, yeah, that was good. Good that no one turned up. <laughs> Obviously, it, it is good that no one turns up. It means that the information that yeah. you needed to get out made it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, like, being from, we've spoken to quite a few race directors, um, Ashley and myself have, and um, I think it's a fairly stressful job to say the least. Um, and you guys owning a store. And you have a child. You have more than one child. You have. I've uh, got two daughters. Yeah. Two two daughters, and um, so your plate is pretty full. I'm going to go ahead and say. And, <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, a little bit. So how do you um, like? You sound pretty chilled, and like I know as a parent that I don't feel very chilled all the time, and so like, how do you find that balance? And you're doing everything together. So, you know, so how do you, yeah. how do you find that? Well, that helps. I think we're lucky in that respect that we, we sort of, we know each other, what we're thinking and that, you know, how we're feeling as well. Um, sometimes we need to put in extra work, late nights and stuff like that. And you're, you're there together and doing a, doing a late night as well. So that's sort of, you that, know, you're not on your own. Yeah. And decisions are quick and easy to make, I guess. Like, so we can, yeah, we, we both understand each other's point of view quite quickly. Um, or if, yeah, if it's not the same point of view, uh-huh. stay yeah. away, so yeah. I think so. Yeah, and we, I mean, yeah, we are, we're extremely busy. We're certainly much busier than if we were working for somebody else. Yeah. But we can choose when we do it. So, you know, we, we can go to swimming with our oldest daughter um, and then it just means we might have to work late at night. But like Tim said, we're both in that together. So it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and do you... Um... So actually, I wanted to know a little bit about your uh, your shop as well. So you own the Trail Co. Is that correct? And where where is it? Yep. So where is it? Um, well, we've got a nice little location right near to Mount Cruisa for those who know Brisbane. Um, yep. So we were quite lucky to find a spot that has a lovely lovely outlook. There's a bit a bit of a back deck, and um, you can sit and have a coffee and. You know, sort of wander. Everyone loves to have a bit of a look at all the new gear. You know, all us trail runners in our our cheap and free sport. Yeah. It's turned into, um, you know, it's quite a nice spot just to sort of meet up with people because it is the Brisbane trail running community is quite close-knit. Um, so you often have people in the store who plan to meet each other but who know each other, which is really nice as well. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so what kind of st- stuff it's funny i like your little joke there about it being a free sport um because it, it's not i mean years ago people would do run start running because it was cheap and it was um all you needed was a pair of shoes and and then now it's like there's there's gear gear and more gear and obviously when you are it makes it makes the the running experience the, the trail experience way um more enjoyable and obviously with uh, mandatory gear and stuff like that so I'm assuming you stock stuff like that like mandatory gear packs um, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah yeah I mean we're sort of branded as the like the trail running specialists and we do everything that you would expect like anything to do with trail running we're 
we do just trail running so we don't do any sort of like um road gear or anything like that that you might find in sort of like a standard shop that sells trail gear or we don't do camping gear we just, it really is just trail running so gear real um, niche we're kind of a small yeah. yeah we're small but we've got you know like over 100 different trail shoes on the wall yeah. um and yeah super focused we'll like we don't have every brand in there but we'll We'll spend our time making sure we've got the right brands in there that are, are really good and we trust and we feel really comfortable with. Um, so we do sort of filter stuff before it gets to the store. We don't, we're not into you know, in the business of stocking everything. We just try and stock some really good stuff. And we know that you know as people come into the store, we'll they'll they'll find what they need because we've sort of pre-filtered it. And then yeah, there's there's a bit of a selection for everyone. Um, but yeah, we'll you come in and sort of trust what you're going to get. Is is good and it's sort of all our staff. We we spend time with our staff just making sure they know what what's going on and that they're going to recommend the right gear to you, rather than just put you in something that's going to survive the first few runs and then you can get annoyed with it and want something different. Yeah, fantastic. And, and so, um, they, I'd I'd like to add here, they also do coffee. Oh, <laughs> very good coffee. As in, which we're that, currently we're drinking some of that right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we survive with these kids. <laughs> you make it into like so. You've got like a when you say they do coffee, as in you're selling coffee beans, or you actually make coffee in store, like a cafe. No, yeah, coffee in store. Yeah, there's a deck out back. Yeah, yeah. You can drink coffee in it. Fantastic. I'll just I'll ex, I'll explain it to you, Daniel. So basically, when you go into the shop, if you walk through the shop, mm. you walk past the coffee machine and out onto their back deck, which would be like being in the Adelaide Hills yep. overlooking Adelaide City. Lovely. Yep. That's 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 what it's like. Yep. Right up in the hills overlooking Adelaide City. That would be the best description I could think of. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty nice out there. You should definitely come for a coffee. <laughs> sounds good. Um, well, here in Adelaide, we've got a, a, a fantastic trail shop. We've got just the one. We've got a few running shoe shops, but there's a BKT who, um, you know, they're, they're yeah. great. They're great. And they, they're right, sort of similar kind of um, setup. You know, it's very niche. You know, they're, they're only like two minutes from the trails. And so people come in, grab their gear if they, you know, like it's, it's just a good spot to have. There's a coffee, but they don't have a coffee machine or anything there. So I might have to give them a, some, give them a heads up if they want to stay in the game. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's, it's really interesting. Like 10 years ago, the concept of a trail running shop was so... Um, so foreign, you know, not even 10, maybe even five years ago, if you had to order stuff online or go and find it in another running shop. And so like, yeah, did you guys have like retail, had you owned a shop before or they, it worked in, in owning your own no. business? No, no. <laughs> a little bit, we went in yeah, a little bit, um, not on, on a whim. We, we had talked about starting a business and we were already coaching. We had a, a running group. Yeah. Um, and sort of like you said, there was nowhere for them to buy their gear. So we were sending them to an outdoor store where there was maybe two choices of shoes. Yeah. So everybody had the same pair of shoes and they weren't necessarily the right ones. Um, and then that store, it, it came up for sale and we thought, well, we can do this better. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. with all of our experience. Um, yeah. That, that sale fell through, but we'd already gone so far down the path of what we needed to do. So we thought, well, let's let's do it anyway. So, yeah, we we. Sort of, it was almost on a whim, but um, yeah, yeah. we'd always wanted to work together and do something like that, so it, it turned out well. Yeah, and our store was like more traditional sort of outdoor store, sold a bit of running gear, um, trail running gear and stuff, and, but we decided that, yeah, it was from the outset that, yeah, although there wasn't really anyone else doing just trail running, um, 
we would give it a shot and just sort of really specialize and so everyone knew yeah it's more that you just come in you know you've got you know you're going to get great advice and it's the right gear rather than just sort of that yeah everyone's sort of getting a speed cross because that's what the the shop sells yeah no that's that's great so um yeah i I love i love that yeah you've got you bring your own knowledge in and um so yeah i was um gonna ask you guys about your own running experience you mentioned about coaching and um i'm sort of bogarting the conversation here ash but did you would you that's all right yeah you want to fill us in a little bit about your how you guys have come up as runners and you know so you're obviously both into trail running yourselves yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, um, yeah. Well, I was, I mean, I've always run since, you know, being a young person, little, little type. Yeah. Um, whereas Tim, it was more so when he, you might pick up a little bit of an accent. Mm-hmm. Um, more so when he moved to Australia and wanted to hang out with me a bit. I thought, I thought running was stupid. I used to, like, <laughs> I used to mountain bike quite a bit, kayak and all the other stuff, but running just seemed a bit silly. It like, is. Why would you bother? It totally you is get, silly. I, I did, like, a season, season in, um, in France, just downhill mountain biking and stuff, and, it, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'd always jeer at people running uh, running below the ski lifts. Why would you do that to yourselves? But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, now I think it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and now you own a store and you host and you run race, organize races. You've yeah, gone from yeah, one extreme to change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, annoyingly, he turned out to be really good at it from the outset as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so Laura, yeah, after a bit of like Ironman and stuff and all that jazz, like the the triathlon route, we just got into into trail running and um. Yeah, from there I decided I was sort of coaching a bit of triathlon and so I'd like to coach a bit of trail running instead. And I think there was only those clickers sort of around there. Yeah. And then um, yeah, that was called Wild Runners at the end. So we had a group called Wild Runners so, that currently isn't called that. We're called Trailco Trailians now. So. Right. And so you're still coaching and doing um, all that? Yeah, 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 so it's a coach group. Um, yeah, we, we run a couple of times a week at the moment. Um, so Wednesday mornings, we go and do like this hard hill set, which has sort of been a staple of the, the wild runners and now the Australians for, from, the, from the beginning. We just go out and do an hour of hard hills or some sort of technique technique on the hills. Um, yeah, and just, just go hard for an hour. Um, it's, it's a favourite of lots of people. They, they curse it at halfway through, but they enjoy it. And then we end up at the shop for coffee at the end so yeah, everyone everyone loves it they stay curse me as i'm coaching them on to to run another another set on the hill but yeah yeah later they everyone's happy with me again so yeah <laughs> love hate relationship and then we've got um we do like a core and conditioning sort of set all the stuff you'd never do on your own because you're on your own and you never quite get motivated enough to do squats and, and lunges and all that jazz um on your own so yeah, Laura coached a little bit of that, um, like more the Thursday sessions. So that was the, the core and conditioning and stuff. But at the moment with the kids, we haven't been able to both get back to sessions yet. So we'll get there. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I was just going to say, so can you tell us about some of the races that you've run, obviously that are not your races? Like the ra- yeah, obviously I've... you can't run, I mean, as far as they say, race director can never run their own race. But um... Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice one day, but yeah. yeah. As in um, what events we've we've done in the past? Yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as runners and not race directors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots of the short, the little local ones that we we really love doing. Um, we've got a favourite called the Lamington Classic, which is up in um, yeah Lamington National Park. Right. It's a it's a two day event where you run 
you sort of you run from one point along the border track for 20k's like half a marathon and then you stay overnight in a bunkhouse and then you run back the day after and that's just really cool because it's just a sort of great way to meet other people social in the evenings you sit around the fire and then you you try and race them on the way back as well so awesome that's, that's a really fun race just a good really really nice energy there people are just yeah so nice um and then you also get to on the you're on the way out you sort of run like a traditional race and then on the way back the fast people go at the back and everyone tries to sort of get to the same point at the same time so you you end up seeing quite a lot of runners on the way back as well and sort of re yeah, it's really it's really fun. It's just a really nice vibe. Um, so that's one of our well, yeah, probably our favourite races. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. And then we've done sort of I tricked Laura into doing UTA for my birthday. Oh, it wasn't called UTA then, but Australia. No, not Australia. It was North, North Face. Face. I was about to say yeah, North Face originally that one. Yeah. Yeah. So when we we did the North Face together um, as our first ultra, uh, like the first hundred k. Which was fun because Laura's Laura had ITB at the time, but really wanted to get it complete. So, fantastic. We spent yeah, we spent a very 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 long race out there. Um, but halfway through, Tim actually proposed to me. So, oh. um, we've got yeah, we've got the race profile on our the elevation profile on our wedding rings. Oh. Um, so that one's a special one for us as well. That's oh wow, that's pretty that's pretty trick. Jesus, yeah. Tim. <laughs> so so Tim, Tim, Tim was converted to running by love, and then. He uh, yeah. he flicked it around and proposed while running. Yeah. I was yeah. unsure it was going to happen halfway. Like about 10k in, Laura's knee was already playing up and in a lot of pain. I sort of proposed halfway around, but um, I was just waiting for the moment when she wasn't too sad about her knee because it was definitely causing quite a lot of pain. So I had to find a moment of happiness somewhere in there. <laughs> so why did you do it halfway and not like at the at the finish line? You know, like in... I didn't know where I was going to do it, to be honest. Like, just, I had to bring in my pocket. And then and I was a bit worried I was going to lose it. So I better get it going quick. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a, you know, like, just run around, try and whip out a ring from your pocket and it's gone. You start to explain, we'd be a bit, bit sad, but I wouldn't, know, wouldn't be able to say why. <laughs> well, I can, I can imagine what you would do then. It would be, I, look, you finish the race. I've got to run back to the start and check the trail the entire <laughs> way, looking for this little, <laughs> a little box. Oh. He actually, he chose a really nice spot looking out over um, Megalong Valley for anyone who's who's done that area. Um, so yeah, it was actually beautiful. very nice, but it was just off the actual route. So people kept telling us we were like, you know, sort of like thinking that we'd gone the wrong way. Like, no, it's okay, we're fine. <laughs> it's so good. I, I've never heard of someone proposing mid-race before. So you've set the bar quite <laughs> yeah. high there, mate. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely setting the bar. That's yeah, for sure. You yeah, it's exciting. I mean, our rings are the, uh, probably the coolest momentum. We've got like a like engraved all the way going around. It looks like the mountains, but it's the like the profile of the race and stuff. And so it's a good little good little thing to have. Yeah. But I, unfortunately, yeah, we, we haven't raced it too much after that because we've had the shop. So, um, yeah. yeah we started three times. I, I got, <laughs> I didn't do all of them. I, I twisted my ankle in about the first 5K uh, for one of them. But um, Laura's done all of them, yeah. all three. The 100 or the 50? The 100, yeah. Yeah, oh, good job. And, um, well, well done, Laura. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm still yet you to... You must love do. those stairs. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a fun word for it. <laughs> you love pain. <laughs> um, so what's your, um, what's your speciality? As a, you said you guys, I mean, as far as athletes go, what are you doing... Um, 
and you said you do these hard hill sessions. Would you call yourselves yeah. uphill specialists, downhill specialists, you know, all-rounders? Um, and where's your strength? I, I like the downhill quite a lot. I yeah. think that's somewhere you can get a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people can't do it very well or they're not confident doing very well. So, yeah, I, I quite like owning that a bit. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think I like the, the Lamberton Classic because that one, like, where it's, it's about... It's just rooty. It's horrible if you if you're like a road runner and don't like twisting your ankle. Yeah. Um, it's just. So I, I think I, I I think I go all right there because I can. I'm just a bit stupid and I can go through quickly. Um, yeah. Not worrying too much, and that's where I can. You can make time on someone that's much faster than you. Is that you know if they're they're super fast road runner but they're not quite as good at the technical sort of rooty stuff, then yeah, hopefully that's that's where I can sort of feel like I'm cat keeping up. Interesting. What do you think? What's your speciality, Ashley? Mine? Yeah. Not dying. Not dying would be my speciality at the moment. That's a good um, one. I don't, um, I don't particularly – running downhill I'm not really good at. And if if I'm fit, I can definitely catch people uphill. Um, yeah. At the moment I'm, I'm struggling in that area, but um, that's coming good. And, um, yeah – uh, that that course in particular that, that Tim and Laura are talking about in Lamington Classic, like it's a beautiful course. The first running from Binnaburra, sorry, from O'Reilly's to Binnaburra, the first sort of ten k's is definitely really rooty and so on. But then that second half, it starts to flatten out and it's it's really soft under, and you can actually really pick up some pace going into yes. Binnaburra. It's so much fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun. And, but yet it's downhill to Binnaburra. So I can see how that would be nice for someone who can downhill run. Um, but, yeah, like the Guzzler, uh, which which you guys organise, the downhills in that, uh, I can kind of do those no problem because I've trained on them enough. But there's other yeah. places where the downhills, yeah, I back off. Um, yeah, right. It's not my... It's not my cup of tea, but uphill, yeah, I can. If I see people going uphill, I can generally catch them. Yeah, right. Um, interesting. Good. Yeah, I, I think I've always been strong on the uphills myself, and um, but and I've been a terrible. I'm a terrible downhill runner, as you were. So you you definitely catch me on the downhills, Laura. But um, I I just I feel like my hips just are about to just break when I run downhill fast. And so I just um, yeah. try to make up for it on the on the on the uphills, and um, yeah, yeah. I've definitely played leapfrog with a few guys in races where they howl past me on the hills, but um, then we go downhill again. Yeah, so it's nice. You get to know people. It's it's part of the fun. Yes, part. that's very true. Yeah. Um, well, I, I tell you, I, I will tell you what my specialty. The harder the the more technical the course is, the the better I go. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. If it's technical, that, I can a lot go of people don't train on technical. Yeah. 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 Actually, um, speaking to that, like, what is, like, training tech? Like, I know I do um, sort of lower leg strengthening ex- exercises in the gym to build up my technical strength. On do you guys? So you said you do some strength and conditioning stuff. So do you do anything like that? Like, I do a lot of balance on like the bozu ball, and um, and things like that work just really trying to get the ankles stronger i know running on technical terrain is the best way to get yeah. good at it, but i do you do any of that cross training stuff in the gym for for that benefit 
Yeah, the agility stuff's really good as well. So, you know, bouncing from side to side and changing direction quickly. Yeah, um, lots of jumping. Jumping, yeah. yeah. And like I said, just getting that lower leg strength is really important too. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, that's the stuff that can absolutely, like, flog you in a race. Like, and it takes so much... And you, you can look at an elevation profile and the course could look relatively flat, but it never you, you never know what the actual... What, what you're running on, you know what I mean? Unless, because like, just because it's not up and down, it, you know, like you could be running along fairly flat terrain, but if it's super technical, you know, you're going to be running slow, <laughs> you know? So, you know, like you said, running over routes or running through really rocky terrain. Um, so, yeah, so it sounds like you enjoy a bit of rocky stuff, um, Tim. And yeah, uh, I think that, that's, the, that's the bit that gets um, like new trail runners, um like as well, they're people that really need to sort of spend a little bit of time, uh, yeah, strengthening up their ankles and all that. The, sort of the little the little muscles you don't use on the road when you just transition over. Yeah. They're just, they're, you know, there's what neglected, and it's those first couple of months when you you hit the start hitting the trails, and if you go really hard on that stuff and twist your ankle early, then you know sometimes yeah. takes people out of the game of yeah. trails altogether sort of thing so um yeah it's that way you need to go easy at first on that sort of stuff to build up those small little muscles and then sort of eat confidence as well yeah building into yeah absolutely i think you're right going easy on it at first is a really a, a pivotal um point because a lot of people do they smash it too soon and uh yeah, you roll your ankle and you're done and um game over but yeah. I, I think um you got to build up like i've been running quite a lot of road lately um and I noticed that, yeah, I definitely have lost a little bit of my agility on the trails. But I, so now I'm just back on the trails because I'm training for a race in New Zealand, in, um, which is coming up in January. Yeah. yeah. And so um, and I'm assuming it's going to have a fair bit of technical terrain, just judging from the photos and stuff that I've seen. And so, yeah, getting back, as obviously there's going to be a lot of climbing, but um, yeah, getting back on the technical. Um, trails it's it's much slower going than what i anticipated you know so you definitely have to build up to it so um yeah it's yep. really it's really good and um yeah and so i don't know you go ash it's your your, your i've been i've been uh, bogarting the conversation so you have a got a question for us um yeah so trail running history laura more in particular than than tim so Hey, are you a Brisbane girl originally? Um, well, not really. So I grew up in Sydney till I was about 13, um, yep. but also Sunshine Coast, so I went to high school up there. Um, yep. And then I just moved to Brisbane for uni, but I would call myself a Brisbane girl now, yes. Yeah. Yep. And so you've always run, like, in Brisbane Forest, or uh, hang on, it's called Diagula National uh, Park now. Diagula National yeah. Park. I always call it Brisbane Forest Park because that's what it's been most of my life. But, yeah, before Tim and I started running together, I did more road running. So I did a little bit of cross country up at the Sunshine Coast. Um, yeah. Like I, I would go up there on weekends. There was a, a like, very low-key cross country series up there. Um, but I hadn't really done very many trails in Brisbane until Tim, Tim and I started running together. Um, and then, yeah, since then it's mostly Diagula. We live in the Gap, which is... Um, backs right onto all of that so you know we've got that in our backyard which is really fantastic you weren't caught up in the fire the other day it was near no we could see the smoke it was near to us but it was the fire has got under control very quickly right okay cool yeah because that's uh quite a forested area there that's for sure 
Very much, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, oh, I've forgotten what I was going to ask next. That's all, I, just while I I'll go, jump in, yeah, no, I just while my um, brain clicks back in. That fifteen k's he did this morning is killing me. Oh, you, listen to <laughs> you. He's, he's gone soft, you know. He's gone soft. No, I have gone soft. That's just it. Yeah, that's what happens. I fifteen more than we did, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was just been while I, Ash was, uh, you guys were talking. Then I was just doing a little bit of googling, and I've stumbled across the Trailco um, shop website, and yeah, it's got a bit of everything and. What I was just thinking, what I'd like, I'll do for you guys um, is definitely I'll put it up on the on on the Facebook page and in the show notes for this episode, um, and so people can can find you guys. And and in case there's a tra- a trail runner in Brisbane that that doesn't know you exist, they know then they will know you exist. Um, but also, yeah. you can. It looks to me like you can. So people can buy stuff online as well. Is that right? From your shop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We've got um, regulars all over Australia, which is really nice. Yeah, and so what's the um, yeah the plan with the shop? You're just going to stick to the one store, or do you see this turning into like going going big, going going like going national? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're definitely not close to the idea. Um, obviously, we've got our plate quite full at the moment, so yeah. no immediate plans for that. Um, but yeah, we always wanted to create something that we're you know we're we're not in it to work in the store every day. Um, we love visiting the store, but we're sort of, I guess, we put our finger in a few different pies. So, yeah, by all means, we have our, our um, minds open to opening more stores. We just need to, I think, get through um, having life with children. And yes. Yeah, we don't want to keep on going too many. Too many I mean, we've got a lot of new new things going on, so we want to keep that. Um, yeah, we're not looking. Yeah, yeah, we're not looking to be millionaires. We just want to be have a comfortable life, and we're really lucky. We're doing something we love in the meantime as well. Yeah, that's that's the key. Finding oh. the enjoyment in every day. Hey, um, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the other thing is. So one of the things my wife runs as well, and we've got three uh, three children. Our oldest is seven. We've got a seven year old, a four year old, and a two year old, and and so. You know, we understand about that, um, the busyness of life in that regard. And with training, one of the things that we do, I don't know how you manage to get your training runs in. Um, one of the things we do is, you know, we'll basically tag team. So she'll, unfortunately, we'd like to run together more, but, you know, it's the, the sort of the, the authorities frown upon leaving the children at home by themselves. And I know. <laughs> so... so so my wife will go out for her run, and then I'll co- and then she'll come back, and then I'll go. Um, or sometimes I won't get to go on my runs until late in the evening, which is like my least favourite thing to do. But I do it probably most of the time. Um, what? Do you, how do yeah. you guys get around all that? So, well, we're very lucky um, that we don't have that issue because neither of us is running at the moment. We're doing a tiny. Uh, we're doing the tiny bit, but we're not. We're certainly not training for anything because of all the other things we've got going on. Yeah, um, trying to be sensible. But yeah, I mean, I think we've like since uh, since everything we've um, tried to do a, a few like should try a few events and not not really successfully getting into anything that's big. Um, oh, so, for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're just sort of trying to we've sort of taken it a bit of sort of a realistic approach and gone right. We'll do a little bit, but not too much, and we've got opportunity to get and you know, go do more. And so, like, I mean. With all our events and stuff, we've got a 
pre-run them and then and then flag them as well so we get a little bit of sort of time with that and i think we're going to both go out to bayview this week and and have a little have a look at the, the course again just to check it's all good which is our next our next run in two weeks huh? what is it um, so Bay- we'll, we'll do a bit of that call it work and and then we'll um also <laughs> sort of manage it out yeah um interesting so um what what did you say that event was called that's coming up uh, it's a, it's a, one of the um, Southeast Queensland trail running series, um, but yep. it's Bayview, this one. But. Right. Okay. And, um, yeah, well, I think, I mean, my advice would be, and as a coach, and you guys both know about coaching, is making time to get your runs in, even if it's only a little run, it's better than no run. Yeah. And, and um, I think yeah. it's super important. And I think, and you've got you to sometimes, I've, I've learned from my own mental health as well, it's just to hit pause on everything else in your life and just even going out for yeah. half, half an hour, you know, can make just all the difference, you know. when you've got like a, a thousand things coming at you. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely, I know I'm, I'm, a better, I'm a better dad and a better husband when I've had my run, you know. And so, yeah. 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 We've got um we've got running plans, so you know we can do some road stuff. It's more the trails that are hard to. Yeah. We we can't do it together, but yeah, like you said, we can take take turns, and um certainly between when we just had the first trail, that was what we were doing. Yeah. Um, and I just haven't really got back into it yet with number two, so yeah, yeah. get there. Work life balance is definitely an issue. We need to we do we're sort yes. of focusing on that now. Like we've sort of had a like a crazy few years, and we're trying to just sort of find a little bit of time now for ourselves just to. To get back into it, but um, yeah, competitively not uh, not running at the moment. Competitively, just to yeah, not make it feel like a chore. I think that's the um, yeah. you don't want to go out and feel like you have to go and do for this this run. If, if it's not enjoyable, I don't think it's worth doing. Like you know, you should go out and you know not slam yourself at work and then slam yourself just because you have to because you're going to go and do this event. Like if you if that's fun, then do it. But if it's if it's not enjoyable, then you have to sort of question why you. Why are you doing it to yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, can I ask, how old are your children? We've got two and a half and nine months. Yeah. Nine, nine months? Nine months. Oh, wow. So yeah. very, yeah, yeah, yeah. still quite new. Yeah. Bit of a handbrake, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mate, she needs, you can't leave her alone. No, I, I get not, it. Not at, this, not at that age. Yeah. yeah. No, that's for sure. You can just so put two and a half. I always used to, I, you know. I know that I always got in trouble because I went and bought a double running pram um, when we were having our kids. We've got three, and um, I wanted to take the new baby all the time too early, and I always got in trouble. You can't support her head yet. She can't go running. She can't go running at the speed you <laughs> want to go at. And it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, fair enough. We'll, I'll just walk today. <laughs> yes, I, I had uh, – my wife sets me straight quite often. Um, she set me straight yesterday. Um, I was talking talking about some events for next year, and she goes, oh, for Christ's sake, shut up about it and just go do the bloody thing. And um, it's like, yep, okay, good. I got the message. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, old, uh, the old Nike slogan, just do it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, there was a few more expletives added to it. Yeah. But, yes, it, the, the gist was there. That's for sure. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, get off your backside and go do the work that's required. No, <laughs> that's so true. Oh, that's nice that she's supportive in a in an interesting way. <laughs> oh, she definitely she's definitely supportive. It um, yeah. doesn't always feel that way, but when it counts, yeah, she's there. 
Yeah. Yes. It's um. Yeah, I think it's it's running and relationships. It's a big deal, you know. Like when you whether it's whether you both run or only one of you run, I think it's really important to find that balance. And um, I gen- genuinely try. I think it's important to, you know, prioritize a relationship over your training. But um, yeah, sometimes you can't just put it all on the shelf, you know. Oh. You got to run. We love. I love to run, and I, I'm, you know, I. I, one of the first things I said to my wife when we got together, I said, "This is my pub. Going to the going for a run. That's my that's my pub, you know, because I don't drink, and so I'm I'm going to go and run, and um <clears throat> and yeah, and she she gets it, and she wasn't a runner. She was a bit like yourself, Tim. She wasn't a runner at all. She thought it was stupid, and then um, we came yeah. in, and then one day. She saw me running a couple of marathons and I, I did an ultra and she's like, oh, maybe I'll try and train for a half marathon. And she couldn't even run a kilometer. And I, uh, so I helped her. We just went out running a bit. And um, the day she ran a full kilometer without stopping, she cried. And then it was just, oh. and she was so happy. She was so proud of herself. And and then it was just non, no stopping her after that. And she went, she's got, went on. And like six months later, or not even six months later, she did a did an ultra. Oh no, did, sorry, did twenty one k. Loved it, and then signed up for an ultra the following year. Did fifty six, and then she's done a, a bunch of races now, and she loves it. You know, so it's that's fantastic. Yeah, so I'm glad I gave, helped her just find her love for that. In the same way you did, you for, for Tim Laura. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's a bit like that as a coach as well. Like we've got people that joined us, you know, could run more than a K, but certainly very, very new to running or running trails. And a few years later, they're, you know, they've got the confidence to do an ultra. Yeah. It's just cool to watch people find that in themselves, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a, um, oh, it's a fantastic sport. More than any other, it's the most supportive, life-changing sport that I've come across, you know, like, because I think the process is so important more than the actual even just the, the the race itself is only a small part of the equation i feel like it's the all the training that goes into it and and learning about your body and how to how to do things properly so that you can even have the confidence and so um yeah so you guys are obviously onto that and you obviously it sounds like you've created a really supportive community of uh of runners yeah. and um whatnot up there so yeah yeah the community for us is, is everything that i've got the mate where like the, the guys we train with and like the training group stuff are just they're just an amazing group of people that's super diverse from oh, so I don't know what the youngest would be. Well, I mean there's there's high school there's one high school student who is pretty central to our group all the way through to, you know, people in their sixties. Yeah, and it's just everyone's so fun and gets on. It's just yeah, it's an awesome group of people and just really supportive and yeah, like that that side of it really makes it for us and then that's what we enjoy out of the trail running community is that it's not i don't know like road running sometimes it's a bit more competitive and like most of the time the trail runners and stuff just, just for, for us feel more just like that sort of friendly yeah just a bit more a bit more relaxed about life and, and there to enjoy it more than chase the seconds and yeah. for us that's that's awesome well yeah i mean most of our friends now are people in that community with us so um yeah, it's good. It, I guess it takes away, you know, you mentioned before about the relationship. You've got to make sure your relationship comes first. But, um, you know, luckily for us, we that that's part of our life and all of our friends are trail runners. And, yeah, yeah. We, quite, 
we've, we've, we've joined the cult. We've gone all in. So yeah, yeah joined the cult. <laughs> um, it's funny. It's one of the few sort of uh, things where you always hear about people drinking the Kool Aid in reference to like yeah. being a cult. But this is sort of a situation where drinking Kool Aid would actually be really beneficial in a, for. <laughs> for yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, yeah, I've never actually thought of it's that a, before. It's definitely a lifestyle. It's not a hobby. It's a lifestyle. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. And it, it, it'd be drinking the Staminade for those people who remember. Yeah, or Gatorade. I think, that my, <laughs> yeah, my first, my first running event, I remembered Staminade being at the uh, first um, aid station and I drank it and I've never drunk the stuff since. Oh, really? That was, <laughs> oh, yeah, it was horrible. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, I actually quite. I don't. I don't drink, but I've always liked stamina. Yeah. Yeah, I drank water after that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably just as useful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, look, these days I have a nice custom formula for me. I know what it tastes like, so, but, yeah, yeah the stamina, yeah, it was just this massive hit of salt that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, it's got uh, a lot right. of your first yeah. experience. I had a terrible experience with my first gel. That yeah, was, true. Uh, <laughs> just, it was in a road race, it wasn't a trail race, but um, I just passed the water stop and then I decided I'd snack on my first gel and <laughs> didn't have any water for the few few. Days. Oh, no. So you just had a mouthful of goo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was a really thick one and it was just... Uh, I was like, yeah, probably, I probably had it because I was suffering. I passed the water stop. I almost thought about running back. You broke, both broke the yep. cardinal rule of, of running. Nothing new on race. Yes, exactly there. right. Tried, yeah. it, tried it on the run. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to break a few rules to make sure you know that they, why they're rules. Exactly. Uh, we've all done it. We've all done it. <laughs> I, um... Well, it's, it's, it's funny. I was doing a, a photo shoot yesterday for some stuff that's coming up for me. And um, I drank orange for the first time. I don't, I don't like orange-flavored drinks. And um, I drank this orange because that was what was supplied for this particular shoot. Anyway, I really liked it. It's what I ran on this morning. It was brilliant. Look at that. So, oh, you, know, you just never know. You never know. <laughs> you gonna, might win. Yeah. You've got to try yeah. new things. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah. So um, going forward... Uh, once you guys get yourselves as runners, I'm not talking about as race directors, but once you both get back into your running routine and start training again, uh, is there like any races on the horizon that you would like to do, even if it's in 12 months or 24 months? Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say there's a particular race that we want to do. Yeah. Um, well, I'm speaking for myself anyway. I just really want to get back into I, I, like I, do, I, you know, I do enjoy racing, and I'd like to get back into giving it a good crack. Um, so it would probably be around the twenty k mark for me at the moment, realistically, with the way our life is. Yeah. But I do quite like that fifty k distance. That's a, you know, it, it's it's long enough that you can really push yourself, but um, you can kind of still train for it. Like hundred k really consumes your life, training wise. Yes, it does. It's, it's also short enough that you can go to work the couple of days later. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I feel like with the, the kids and stuff, we lost our edge um, that we had. Like we were, we were doing all right, and then the kids have just sort of taken that off. So I think it'd be nice to go short and fast. All right, it's sort of realistic, perhaps, to just sort of go try and pick up some short speed yeah. over some short events rather than, than try and go too long. And... But one thing I know we both like to do is um, some of the New Zealand events really appeal to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah we we went to New Zealand for our honey, just loved it. We did lots of running just on our own, but, um, yeah, we'd like to go back to some events there. Uh, cool. You said you were doing one? Yeah, I'm doing um in January. I'm do, I'm doing the ultra easy hundred k, 
So, which is on cool. the screen. Are you familiar with that one? I've heard of it. I don't know much about it. No. So it's uh, near uh, Lake Wanaka. Um, it's like, so which is close to Queenstown. So beautiful yeah, area. Beautiful. And um, it's, um, yeah, goes up into the mountains. It's pretty, it's like over, over four and a half thousand metres of climbing um, over the 100K. And um, yeah, and it's, it's obviously an ironic name. And so I, I woke up, I've told this story the other week, is like I woke up, because I did a 100K race two weeks ago. And, um, and so my, I woke up this morning, or one morning, a few days after the race, and I had an email from the Ultra Easy, and they said, thank you for your registration. And I'm like, what the hell? I have an organ, I didn't do this. And my wife had decided, she just entered me when I had gone to bed early after one night because I was tired from my race. She's, she's like, I want to go on a trip to New Zealand. So she's going to do the marathon and I'm going to, she signed me up for the 100K. Well, it's actually 107. And um, it, yeah, it doesn't look like the easiest race, but I'm excited. So like, I, I love a hill and um, it's got quite a few big hills in it. And um, so, yeah, so backing up, so I'm just, I'm getting that balance. I'm backing up from a 100K, like I say, two weeks post 100K now. And then I've got to start the rebuild again, and so it's um yeah. It's, if I do it right, I think I'll, go, I'll actually get a good training benefit. You know, like I think I'll go. Yeah. But it's um it sounds like a hard race because like the the winning time from last year uh, was like almost thirteen hours, which is pretty slow wow. for a for a winning time. Um, you know, if I got thirteen hours in a hundred k, I'll be pretty happy. But um. I think for the top guys, if they're getting that, I'm probably looking at more like 15 hours. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm just going to go yeah. out for the experience. So ultra easy. And then we're going to, it's just, we're leaving the children at home. Don't tell anybody. But um, we, we've, we've organized babysit or the uh, grandparents to come and stay for a week. And we're going to go and hang out in New, oh, Ze wow. New Zealand. So it'd be a bit like fantastic. Yeah, so that's the main reason, you know, that's the main reason we went, uh, we were doing the race, the old runcation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. So, um, what races in New Zealand would you, do you enjoy? Or you just... Um, we haven't done any, but we did, we ran on the Rootburn track when we were there and that was beautiful. Yeah. Um, so we'd like to go back potentially for that one or um, really any of them. New Zealand's so spectacular. So mostly so the North and South Island, I think. Yeah, the mountains. Majestic. Yeah, the mountains. mountains. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, um, it's very exciting. Well, um, this is going to be my first. Well, there, there you go, Zealand. Tim. Tim, if you want a holiday, you just need to enter Laura into a race. And yeah. Say yeah. Going. yeah. If you book it, I'd be on board for that. Yeah, just just do it when she's in bed. Book a ticket. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's exciting actually. Like I'm I'm super pumped that you know like it's like a it's an awesome Christmas gift that she bought me. We now, you know, like the fact that we're just going to go there and do that, and to be just, we have nothing to worry about but us. You know, you probably already, yeah. you know, what it's like when you become parents. You totally forget that that sense of freedom. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's um, it it does. I guess it gets better, doesn't it, Ash? Your kids are a little bit older, aren't they, mate? Yeah. It, it they they as they become more independent, you have different worries. Yeah. Yeah, go that's right. I'm not, I'm not going to say it becomes better. You, your worries change. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to, as long as I get a decent amount of sleep, that's all that matters, you know. That, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the big battle for me. I don't know about you guys. Do you have good sleepers? 
And yeah, well, no. um, she's, ask Laura that question. She's laughing. The thing, so. <laughs> Maybe ask me in a few years when it's a bit less, <laughs> a bit less real. Yeah, I hear. You. <laughs> a bit less raw. Yeah. Yeah. Feel your pain. Feel your pain. No, it's no, um, number two. Number two is a very good sleeper. Let's put it that way. Mm. That's good. Excellent. You got to take the good. Yeah, that bad. is good. Yeah. Well, um, it's been an absolute pleasure, and we're coming up to the end of our time. And I um, just I yet another series of races that I want to come and check out. So Ashley is trying to basically get me to move to Queensland by <laughs> by interviewing all these incredible people who organise races and do races up in Queensland. I mean, I'd love to. I do love my trails here in Adelaide, though. They're pretty beautiful. Got plenty of good trails too. Mm -hmm. So um, if you guys are ever down in South Australia, you have to come oh, come and check out nice. the, check out yeah, the trails. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and if, and then and when I'm in Brisbane, and I will be in Brisbane oh. uh, at some stage oh. early in the new year, uh, I'll definitely have to. I'll come and waltz into the trail co and see what and see what's on offer. And have a coffee on the back deck. Definitely, definitely. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Do you have any final um, questions or comments, Ash, for the for our guests? No. Um, if people want to look up your races, where do they look them up? Well, there's lots of, <laughs> that's a good question. There's a few of them. <laughs> there's a few of them, yeah. Um, I mean, our goal is we want to redo our Trailco website and make it so you can find them all there. So that's the trail.co. Um, you know, if anyone is only going to remember one. But, yeah, there's South East Queensland Trail Running Series and then um, the Guzzler, obviously, is a big, big one, and Yarrabilba Trail Post. Excellent. Oh, I have a question about the Guzzler. So you've run it you've run it once, and it was a big event. I know. I was in it, yeah. uh, luckily, at the last minute. And yeah. um, what did you learn this year that you're going to implement next year? It's a few, mostly, mostly it was changes for us to make it easier and the running a bit smoother in the back end. Um, there's a few course changes, but nothing too much. Some of the stuff we already wanted to implement before we'd even run the race, but you know, it's, once you've committed, sometimes it's you just have to go with what you've got anyway. Yeah, I think um, the yeah. big one that um, we want to try and do a lot more stuff before event day um, so that it's not all on us. I mean, we, we, it wasn't by no means all on us. We have an amazing um, team of volunteers, but just to, I guess, get them more prepared beforehand is our big one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of document writing and stuff that we, I mean, I guess we thought it would go a little bit. It wouldn't take as long to write all those documents and stuff. So some of the stuff we wanted to do just didn't quite come through but for everyone else because we were just making sure that the you know, volleys and stuff knew what they were up to. And, um, yeah, so just that sort of back end that will make hopefully the stuff that we had going on or planned just easier and sort of come to the forefront a bit more. But yeah, just, I mean, we, I think everyone found it quite fun. Um, hopefully they did and that was our goal to, to make it a, a nice fun race that was yeah, inclusive and as, as much as it could be. Um, we had a really nice, sort of, I think we've got one now, like the proportion of women to, to male runners is really good. It's like half and half of the 50. The 50, yeah, last year it was consistently half and half right up until race day. Um, and then the same things happened with the entry this year. So that's really cool to see. The 100 a little bit less. It's been um, one third women last year and one third women this year. So I'd like to see, um, you know, if we can, I don't know what we can do to to welcome more women into it, whether it's, um, you know, 
like you have confidence. To, you have to try and time. make women's life. Sorry. Yeah. Go, you go ahead, then I'll tell you my take. Yeah. On that. Well, yeah. I, was, that, I mean, that's the kind of thing I guess that is very real for me. So I'd like to do more to help other people get into it. You know, I, I really enjoyed it, but I'm definitely not at the stage of running 100K, so I can understand why there's less women there. Yeah, I, that's from from. Uh, I get to speak to quite a few people, and it's women do a lot more, and therefore they just have less time to get running done. Um, I don't. I'm not sure that it's a self belief thing. I don't because women are tough. Um, the ones that you know that I know, uh, it's just that to to do that sort of training, you have to forget about something else. And as soon as you're a mum or something like that. Um, it's mm. uh, those priorities change. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. yeah it's hard. It's very hard. Really see the number that are doing it. And the number of first timers we had was yeah, awesome. incredible, yeah. as in first time ultra runners. Um, yeah. First time 100 doing the 100K. So, yeah. It's just, it's really cool because we remember how we felt doing our first one. So, it's a, um, an honor, I guess, that people trusted us with that. Yeah. Tell you awesome. what, Ash, you've, you really did open up a whole new uh, topic that we didn't even cover. Can of worms just then, did I? Yeah, I don't want to call it a can, <laughs> of, a can of worms because it is a, it's a fascinating topic. And um, But, yeah, so I guess we've, we've interviewed some pretty inspiring um, female athletes over the last few months. And, and I think that, um, yeah, there's definitely something, like for what Ashley said, having, it's sac- having to make personal sacrifices for training is – harder than the training itself i think and i think it's it's bigger for for women that in especially when you've just had babies and stuff you know the the toll that it takes on you physically and so yeah it's it's a tough one eh? like but i don't know would you guys agree that the uh, like i've I've always thought the sacrificing time with the family and um is a biggest is a harder thing than the training itself you know like or do you think training is harder yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have to feed feed our eight months old. Um, you know, like yeah. it's, it's all that on Laura at the moment. But yeah, I, I mean, even when I've gone out and you know just spent time, and I feel feel a little bit guilty that even yeah, she's here. Yeah, yeah, you know, having to be here, and I'm not. I'm out and trying to enjoy life. I think that's the. I think you see a lot of you know young parents, not just women, that sort of disappear for a little bit and then come back after after that period of probably madness. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's well said. Because we haven't, um, we certainly haven't attempted to train for anything big since we had our oldest. So, um, yeah. yeah, maybe we're the business is one part of it, but yeah, we're just in that stage too where we are prioritizing time with the family. Yeah, no, good, and keep it that way. I think you'll have plenty of time. Yeah, well, the fact is, the family's only there once, and there's plenty of races. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll be racing until we're super old. So. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you'll have a couple of um, couple of other little runners running with you before you know it, and so um. <laughs> yeah, or crew. You know, yeah. they can look after us as a rally. Exactly, and then. That exactly. Yes. And then you'll be looking after them <laughs> when they're when they're out kicking butt on the trails, you know. When you. Yeah. When, <laughs> so um, I mean, you know, you never know. They might want to become uh, ballet dancers or or football players or whatever. <laughs> so yeah. But, yeah. But no, it looked fantastic talking to you guys. I am going, we're going to have to uh, tie it up here. Wrap it up. And um, like I say, I'll put all the stuff on the, 
on like all the links to the, the Trail Co in the show notes and and some and your events that I can find. Um, if you set maybe if you send me the links, we can sort that out. And um, yeah, sweet, we can do that. Yeah, and so yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's nice to chat. No, thank you. No problem. Thank you. We look forward to doing your events again soon. Awesome. Cool. Cheers. Have a nice day.